Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 51, our Three Palms Review Show of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. We have a jam-packed episode for you tonight. We'll cover everything that happened at the Three Palms ATV National, from great racing on the track to drama in the pits and everything in between. We'll cover it all on this episode. Joining us to help break down all the action is industry insider from Impact Solutions, Casey Greek. Love when Casey joins the show here. And also, first-time guest but longtime supporter, Jason Conti of 4Works Carbon will join us as well. Super stoked about that. Jason is a great dude. We'll also welcome some of the riders who were at the center of attention in Texas as event winner Joel Hetrick and third-place podium finisher Bryce Ford join the show as well. And then Vitek Nekenyak will join us, the Polish pro-class rookie. So stoked to get to know this guy. You're going to really enjoy that conversation. So much to get to on this episode, so let's not waste any more time. Thanks to all of you who are playing Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy with us. Round 2 was even better than the opener. I'm sure we'll get into that in the episode ahead. For more information, check out ATVFantasy.com today. Thanks to our sponsors who are all on board with us tonight. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Script Gloves, Factory 43, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmers are amazing, and they have a bunch of other cool stuff as well. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATV BMC banner on our website to help us out. The season is here, racing has begun, and we both know you need parts and gear. So no matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. So before you buy, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out in a major way. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, here to help break down everything that happened at Three Palms. He's tied for 96 and digging deep ATVMX fantasy <laughs> from Impact Solutions. It's former Mechanic of the Year Award winner and industry insider, Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? What's up? Uh, you had to bring up my despise of fantasy, didn't you? So this is the uh, thing. So so this is the thing, Casey. I was I was prepared to say you you got substantially better or worse from the first week, but the first week you were ninety third, and now you're ninety six. So I mean, like you know, at least you're consistent. Uh, you rubbed it in. I didn't even realize I went backwards. Yeah, yeah, one spot. Uh, oh man. Oh, <laughs> uh, fantasies frustrating but it's such a blessing to the activities of the sport yeah i love it 
I'm stoked I about it. it. I think a lot of people are having fun. Also joining us, he's a first-time guest, but it's been a, a supporter of Digging Deep since day one, owner of Four Works Carbon. It's Mr. Jason Conti. What's up, Jason? Welcome to Digging Deep. Uh, not too much, man. Thanks for having me on here. I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped to be on here. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I knew it was the perfect opportunity to get you on after being uh, at, at Three Palms at the races there. This is an idea I had last year. And uh, yeah, so stoked to get you on. Stoked to, uh, you know, have somebody. I think I, I, I remember kind of telling you about the, the idea. Must have maybe even been in an email or whatever about digging deep. And you kind of got on board right away. So uh, let me just take this opportunity to thank you for that. It meant a ton to me. And uh, took people like you. Um, took people like you to help us, you know, kind of get this thing off at the, uh, off the ground at the beginning. So I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We, uh, from the get-go, when you uh, sent me over that email, I do remember, uh, definitely thought it was the coolest idea, you know, coming to the sport here. So, and if anybody to tackle it, I think, uh, I think you were the guy to do it and you've, you've done an awesome job and I like to like to listen in and, uh, hear what's going on every, every, uh, podcast you got going so uh, awesome good. awesome well we're stoked to have you be a part of this one and, and i told jason uh leading up to the, the episode here that um you know we all debate and break down what happens at the races all diehard atv racing fans do but here on digging deep uh we're bringing you the listener into the conversation between atv racing's most well-respected and and knowledgeable individuals so uh, let's get right to the the bench racing then and i want to kick things off on this episode with a brand new segment um the impact solutions impact moment segment this is something I'm, I'm really excited about after a number of appearances here on digging deep uh you guys should feel like you know casey greek by now um uh, you know there are very few individuals out there who are more plugged in more knowledgeable and more well respected than casey uh, i've worked with impact solutions on a personal level for nearly a decade now since their inception and and my friendship with casey goes even back before impact solutions um and and now since he's joined jay Goble at impact our friendships grabbed even another gear. So something we share, something that I, th I know Jason will say that uh, he shares too, something that is very important to me at Digging Deep is always trying to see things in a positive light, always trying to be a, a glass half full kind of guy and overall just spreading, uh, spreading positivity. Insert the brand new Impact Solutions Impact Moment segment. This is going to be a way to kick things off on a positive note, maybe shine a spotlight on uh, something good that happened or is happening at the races. So Casey, first of all, um, it's an honor to have the backing of Impact Solutions here at Digging Deep going forward. Tell me about your uh, motivation for the Impact Solutions Impact Moment segment. This is a, an, an idea that you had proposed to me um, just in the, in the last uh, couple of weeks or months here. So tell me about the, the motivation there. Yeah, it's just something that like I've been, you know, I, I'm a serious podcaster. I, I travel a lot. And so I get to listen to obviously our shows and, and other shows that you do. And, and I listen to a lot of different podcasts, whether it be in the sport of racing or in other sports or just like not so much politics, but just life podcasts. That, and I listen to so much things. For so many things. And it's just something that I wanted to do. And, you know, we were in a position when you started this podcast to be on board, but things have progressed and things have gotten better. And we really have always wanted to be a part of it. And what I wanted to do with it is I wanted to insert into this podcast in a situation to where it made an impact. And one of the biggest things that I think in this sport that is needed and that I love about it is the positivity side of it. 
you you cannot go somewhere and take your kids and turn them loose, but understand at the same time they're still in a chain link fence, like they're still there, and and the, everything that's happened around them is so positive. So it's just something that I I've always seen, and I, and I, and I've been in this sport, whether it's ATVs or back when I was doing dirt bike stuff. I think I'm going on like 24 years now, and the only thing that's ever kept me in it, it's not money. It's not, it's, it's the, the passion that people bring and the positivity that I think your kids learn from racing. Mm -hmm. You're once you're on that track, there's nothing else that matters besides you and that machine. So from a mechanical standpoint, like obviously I have a heavy heart and, and have a lot of passion into the mechanical side, but as a rider, I think you gain so much personality and so many life lessons by being on the racetrack. So being involved, I just wanted to do something that where we can kind of outline some positivity that we see through the race weekends. And when we get guys like you and Jason that are at the races and we see what's going on, I want to let's broadcast that, let's showcase the positivities of what the sport is. And so for me, like, I'm just going to go straight into it. What I seen in Texas at Three Palms was um, a promoter that is excited to have us there. And a track owner that is very excited to have us there. And I watched these guys put in the work late into the night and very early in the morning and, and put in the passion that we have. You know, Jason, he busts his ass to do this stuff you know you the same thing like you're you're putting in the work to make this stuff happen and so when you see other people bring that in so first off my first moment of the weekend is just being somewhere that i feel so welcome Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to go any further than that i think they they'll get the clue and and the fans of atv racing should know what I just said. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I really seen that I really enjoyed from this weekend was um, the youth is what creates our sport. They're the reason that I get a paycheck. Jason gets a paycheck. You get a paycheck. The reason Joel Hetrick, Chad, Tom, or not Thomas anymore. <laughs> it's so hard not to say. Thomas I know. I know. When I know. you're just going, but um, yeah. you know, Jeffrey, like all these riders that are, making a living doing what we love to do mm-hmm. the youth is what brings that heat and the youth is why we're here mm-hmm. in in real life in in real time so the 250 class was incredibly stacked riders like so many riders could have won each moto we had divisions we had lcq mm-hmm. we've seen guys from all over the country, as far as California, as far as New York, New Hampshire, Maryland, Maine, Pennsylvania. And for those riders to travel down and race in the 250 classes, I think that is the hugest promise in this sport that we could ever want Mm -hmm. or imagine. When you get, I think there was 30 something 250 riders total yeah and it was one of the largest classes of the weekend Mm -hmm. 
that gives me, and I don't know about you guys, but it gives me job security in a sense because that's what's coming. Mason Jackson, Ian Juca, you know, Tyler Lombardo, first national for Tyler Lombardo coming straight out of Pennsylvania, been racing New England ATV. He, and, and I'll take that back. He's done some nationals as a, as a very, as a youth rider, 50 CC stuff, like, but sure. only do Unadilla. Sure. No, they came from PA all the way down to Texas and, and raced and was competitive. And that's what I liked the most about that. And then, you know, so the 250 class was incredibly stacked. Um, the racing was phenomenal. Those guys, you know, you got guys from Florida, like, you know, Greenwall, like he comes straight out of Florida. We, we've obviously seen him over the last couple of years racing all the nationals with um, the fierce guys and Corey Thatcher and those guys and doing very well and then just step up. Um, the one guy we didn't get to see um, in full effect was Lad Weehan. You know, he moved up from the 90 classes into the 250 classes, and I think he would have been a force to be reckoned with too. Mm -hmm. So watching the youthfulness and the speed that the 250 guys are carrying right now is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, the other side of it that I wanted to talk about a little bit more in a, in a positive matter and the, the impact that it brings in is the amount of travel. And I've already touched it a little bit, but I know of like five to I'm going to go from five. I'll just go straight out 12 to 15 guys that traveled. And I'm going to go on the, on the slim side. Cause I think it's more than that, that yep. traveled from the Northeast to Texas to race the ATV motocross nationals. And I think that's huge. I, it's hard because I know there's probably 20 or 30 guys that come from Texas right? multiple times and they come to all the nationals and all that stuff. But these guys that are coming up from the Northeast that are coming in, I've talked to these guys, Oh, I haven't raced in 10, 12 years. I haven't done this, but like their kids are old enough now. They're kind of in like my age bracket. Sure. And, and they're coming back and racing. And I, and I think it's incredible. Because those are guys that are, they're not calling, hey, I'm so-and-so and I want this free or whatever. No, they're just flat out spending money to come to the races. Mm -hmm. You know, the Shadow Brothers, they come from Connecticut to all the nationals. Yeah, it's wild. There are a minimum of just four entries on single entries. Mm -hmm. So if they're all racing double classes, we're talking eight classes or eight entries there. And they bring a whole farm of people with them. So I just think it's great. Like to see the revolution, I feel like not that years in the past have been terrible by any means, but I see this revolution of people rejoining our family. Mm -hmm. And I, and I talk about it, like it's serious. Like it's a passion of mine. Like we can all go do something different. We can all, you know, whatever, but no, there's a reason that we keep coming back. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I, and I enjoy seeing things happen from a from afar like I, I look back and I, I step back and watch kind of what's going on and and seeing guys come in and you know no one really puts a spotlight on the vet class guys but yep. those classes were stacked they were big and they too. were they yeah. were big yes very full yeah very Quali full. qualifiers and, qualifiers in some yeah. of those classes and those are the guys that are spending money like out of their hard-earned paychecks and I think that deserves some recognition 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so much to unpack there. Um, you know, it, it is a perfect thing, uh, you know, to have this impact moment segment here on, on the show, um, with digging deep, I, I feel like, again, I'm a constant optimist, so it, it fits so perfectly, uh, you know, getting ready for this Casey, you and I had a conversation that I'm always so leery. I don't want anything negative to ever be on the podcast. There's so much negativity out there in our world and, and on social media and all of these things, like we don't need that here. I don't want any of it. So this is a perfect way to always kind of start things off on a positive note. Um, yes. Like how many times have I said on this show that we want to go to tracks who want to have us, uh, the numbers too, like you're touching on there. I mean, the youth classes are big. The vet classes are big. All the numbers look big. There's always a, a feeling out period. I feel like at the, at the beginning of the season, um, where, you know, you go to the first race and you wonder what the numbers are going to be like, cause nobody has really any idea. You go to the second race, is it going to sustain? So, um, yes, like, I feel like everything's in a great spot right now. And now when you go to a race like, uh, like Pennsylvania's next at high point, I mean, that's, you know, relatively central for people, unless you're coming from the Texas area. So now I'm curious what things are going to look like there. Uh, all, all just really positive, positive things. Jason, I want you to be able to weigh in here. Um, I don't know if what, uh, what you're thinking is on the, on the, the same kind of wavelength as Casey, or if you have another thing, but, uh, what topic, uh, do you want to, uh, you know, help us lead off our first, um, impact moment segment with? Well, I guess for me, um, you know, I don't get to too many of the nationals. We try to, in years past when we were in the, the Midwest, we try to get to, you know, two, three, four a year, but now, now of course we're relocated down South. So it's going to be a little bit different, but, uh, yep. for me, it's, it's always been kind of about the, the whole family, I guess, orientation of everything, um, especially like this round, I guess, getting to the first round of the year, you get um, people who maybe haven't seen each other since last fall. Uh, you, you chat a little bit on online, Facebook, social media, whatnot. But uh, for us, I mean, we got to walk around and see people we haven't seen, um, see people who haven't seen each other. And it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of cool how it's just one kind of big family. Um, and for us, I mean, the last two rounds that we've been to, we brought our kids with who they kind of grew up kind of watching us go away for those weekends and, and work while we were there. But, but now it's, it's kind of neat bringing them into the sport. And, and honestly, like, like Casey said, I mean, you can, you can literally let your kid wander and you know, kind of no matter what somebody else is watching over them. And, not that we necessarily do that, but everybody just looks out for everybody when they're there. So aside from the racing, that's the biggest thing I would say. Um, as far as the racing goes, I mean, I, I too, you know, we watch around quite a bit. Um, we've seen the amount of, you know, RVs that were there and, and guys camping for the weekend. And I was pretty impressed with the numbers just from, you know, the Thursday afternoon showing the people showing up. But uh, the classes, I, I can honestly say, like, I haven't, been able to watch constant racing at every national I've ever been to. Cause a lot of times we were set up there, but mm-hmm. uh, being able to sit there and watch those races to see LCQs was really neat. Uh, you, you just generally don't see a lot of that in this sport. And, uh, and I think it's like Casey said, I mean, it shows a promising future because uh, the, the businesses that are in this, in this industry, I mean, they're the ones that are, I mean, there's not that many that have stuck with it, mm-hmm. but the ones that have, I mean, you try to stick investment into the sport. You're putting your own money into something that, that uh, you don't know if it's going to work for you or not in the end. But um, that's kind of one thing for us. We, we've always said, you know, we're never going to shy away from the sport and, and it's, uh, it's definitely promising seeing all those kids and, 
especially those, you know, deeper youth classes getting so competitive. And uh, I don't know, I just, that's probably my big takeaway from that is just the, uh, it, it seems to be growing back. Mm-hmm. So, I, which is really good. I do. I do think it's growing for sure. I mean, the numbers show it like, like both of you said, uh, yeah, I mean, ATV racing is, is family. I I've said that for, you know, forever. I mean, with so many of us, with all of us, probably, I mean, your best friends that you have were some way, you know, connected through racing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, that's something that so, you know, I've said so many times on this, on this show, I mean, uh, how many people, how many other people, you know, outside of racing or, or, or how many other sports or whatever, uh, this would be such a foreign concept where you get to travel the country, uh, you know, meet up with all your best friends, you know, you know, and other different places across the country, do what you love to do all as a family, spend that family time, which is invaluable, especially, uh, that becomes so clear as we get older. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think too, um, you know, and I think it kind of shows on the podcast here, but the people that are like most passionate about it and sure there's people that, uh, companies, brands, families, whatever that are passionate about it, but maybe don't have the means to help something like this, but that's what with impact solutions now with four works from the beginning, you know, like that's the support of digging deep. It's like, it's supporting ATV racing in a way. And then, and that in itself just kind of shows the, the ATV racing being a family atmosphere. It's like, we're all trying to, you know, trying to pick each other up. You guys wanted to help digging deep because you like what we're doing. Cause we're trying to help the sport. Well, I like, you know, being in line with brands like Forworks, brands like impact, and maybe I'm able, you know, that's the whole goal of all of this on, on, you know, your end of helping what we're doing too, is to help grow your brand, help connect, you know, your companies with listeners of ours that, you know, we have listeners in 70 different countries. Like maybe we can, you know, it's just all about growth on, on all ends. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a, a great way to have this segment for me. Um, you know, my impact moment has to do with the, the women's and girls classes between what you guys said with the, the youth classes, the vet classes. Now I'm saying the women's and girls classes, there were 30 entries between the the WMX women's schoolgirl and girls classes and specifically the the new women's 15 plus class it's a brand new class uh, for this season it had nine entries and it looks like it's going to be a, a great bridge class to help grow the future of WMX um, this is something that we talked about on previous episodes um, and I think that that class is going to help kind of uh, grow the WMX class going forward so my impact moment has to be uh, the increased involvement of females in ATV racing and the way ATV motocross is trying to prompt that growth with some new classes there. Um, so yeah, I wanted to give the, the girls a shout out there, but, uh, if you guys don't have anything else to add there, um, I just want to say thanks to, to you, Casey, and thanks to Jay. Thanks to impact solutions for partnering with us here at digging deep. Um, and, uh, and yeah, do you guys have anything else to weigh in before we uh, move on to the rest of the show here? No, I think we're good. What about you? Casey? Yeah, I think we're good. I'm, I'm excited that you brought up the WMX because, I have something that we're going to bring up at some point in this conversation about the WMX and um, your predictions versus um, Josh's predictions and what the end result was for round one. And we'll see how the future goes, but you knew that was coming. So it's all good. No, I'm excited. I mean, let's get into this. Let's dig right in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh had hit me up and said, yeah, too bad him being right. When I said Andrea Berger was going to win the opener, uh, and the, and the championship. But when, when, uh, when he had Shaw and Shaw won, he's like, yeah, too bad that that can't help my, uh, my fantasy team because he's also struggling in <laughs> ATV MX fantasy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so before we move on, just, uh, want to say thanks again to impact solutions, impact solutions, the number one factory authorized service center of Elka suspension here in the United States. Whether you're uh, in need of service parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. So yeah, let's move on. Three palms. Um, I think there are uh, plenty of things that we were focused on coming into the races. Um, how has or how was Joel Hetrick going to rebound from his wreck at Daytona? How ridiculous would he look on the new Yamaha on an outdoor track after the the purely incredible speed that we saw at the opener? I think we were all uh, interested to see how Bryce Ford would bounce back after. After his misfortune at Daytona, uh, you know, could Nick Janusa and Wesley Wolf back up their podium? So, so much going on, but I feel like qualifying was pretty status quo. Um, Joel was fastest in both sessions. Bryce was fastest for a bit before Joel and Chad snuck by. Uh, what stood out to you guys after qualifying and what was the most, um, uh, what had you uh, most excited heading into the motos? Jason, I'll start with you there. I guess for me, um, for the motos wise, I mean, I think just the pace that these guys are pushing on these, especially like obviously the class running some new machines out there, Joel and, and Bryce and uh, having like Max in there, like the, mm-hmm. the pace that they were setting was just incredible um, for them to hold it as long as they had. I, I was sitting there on the sidelines watching lap times and there was no fade and it was just crazy. Um, I mean, Joel looks, pretty wild on that Yamaha to see him in, in person for the first time was, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Chad's just Chad, Chad, he doesn't even look like he's going fast to me, but that guy just flies. And, uh, as far as Bryce goes, I mean, uh, he's, I've spent some time with him at his personal track, just testing some stuff and, and watching them ride. And, um, it's, it's hard to tell at his track because I'm just watching one guy, but, um, out on at three palms there, I mean, he was, he was cruising. I know he gets in his own head and you could see him shaking his head if he made a mistake, but, but he's definitely got the pace to stick with these guys. It's just a matter of putting the whole race together and, and not making those simple mistakes. But, uh, and with Max and Janusa in there, like, I mean, I think we're looking for a pretty good year as far as some battles here. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good year for sure. Casey, what did you see uh, in qualifying? Uh, what had you intrigued going into the motos? Uh, qualifying is so tough for me because I'm in the mechanics area just to make sure that I'm down there for the guys that I, I need to be down there for. So sure. I, on the Joel topic, like he's obviously setting lap times that are ridiculous and the same thing as Bryce and the same thing as Chad, like these guys are just setting lap times and you're like, you're staring at your phone going, wow, like, what are they doing? Like, mm-hmm. and so Joel comes out on top which is obviously a good day to start the good way to start the day off for me and Jay, like, cause Joel's on top. So I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Like he's, he's good. And then, you know, I'm watching Jeffrey and, you know, so many of the other guys and, but you can't see anything from the mechanics area. You get to see like one and a half sections technically of what's going on. And so you're relying completely on, those guys when they come in and they and they talk to you and like Joel never stopped, Jeffrey never stopped. So 
like no one ever really stopped and ever made any changes. I think I made a small change for like Logan Stanfield or someone, you know, in the second qualifier, but it was just like change a couple clicks and we're just going to go about the day and, and we're all good. And it really didn't change for me until the actual moto started and I got to watch and, and we'll get into that. But sure. Um, I mean, these guys, you know, obviously Joel right to the top, Chad's right there, Bryce Ford, you know, he did exactly what I expected him to do in qualifying. Yeah. Like he, he's going to go out there and set blistering pace. Um, Brandon Hogue wasn't quite where I thought he was going to be on, on setting that blistering pace. We've seen him qualify very well many yep. times. Yep. Um, Linquist, I think even, I don't remember exactly where he qualified. He qualified, qualifying, he qualified fifth. Yeah. Yeah, so not bad. No, um, it's incredible. And I, and I don't expect to see him qualify much better than that. No, which I, I, I know. I think being top five is impressive, though, because these are his these are his first times having the time qualify. Yeah, absolutely. It's impressive. I don't take that the wrong yeah. way, but yeah. I don't expect to see him qualify like Bryce or Brandon Hogue. Right. Or even Wesley Wolf. Like, I mean, Wesley has some sheer raw speed that's incredible. Sure. Um, the one the one thing that I did see in qualifying between the first and the second qualifier that I was impressed with, and I felt like we we're getting back to, and it sounds weird, but rookie status, Cody Ford. Cody used to qualify. So last year, so 2020, his qualifying times and his results were a little bit different, but um and 2019 Cody qualified better than he ever did and that was his rookie year and he had a great year and he came out and qualifying on Saturday at three palms very well mm -hmm. and so I was really excited to see that and I think his um his race day kind of proved where he was at Agreed. and it was cool to see other guys like Michael Allred Michael Perkins and um just a lot of the other guys and where they kind of landed from Daytona, because I think Daytona was a little discouraging. Some people, sure, you know, we've yep. talked about that on the review from there and stuff, yep. but um, when you get into, you know, the top guys, I mean, I know Jeffrey didn't have the day that he expected to have or wanted to have. And I think we're going to see a rebound for him at high point. If we think back um, a couple years ago, when we were at high point last, Mm -hmm. Jeffrey almost won his first ever pro moto there. So, yep, sure. and, and he, I feel like he, he should have won that moto is one little mistake. He um, if he didn't snub it, he was going to win that thing. I swear. Yeah. It's a famous corner for you and him. I think, <laughs> I think you had a, you had a rough day there too. So um, hey, my, my day went perfectly fine. You're, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I think it's going to be good. I think we're moving forward and, and I think we're going to see more, more from Jeffrey and um, not that it was a bad day for Jeffrey. It was just about getting to the motos and, and doing things that he needed to do and, and those guys, but no, three palms was, uh, it lived up to last year, I think. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, at least on qualifying. Yep, a great, a uh, great event, great track. I like, uh, 
like like going down there. I hope that it can it can remain being a staple for the for the series. So um, so Joel takes the top spot heading into the heat races. Uh, Chad Weenan, um, Bryce Ford, Nick Janusa, Max Lindquist, and the rest of the guys follow suit. Uh, almost identical to Daytona, and oddly enough, that's exactly how they'd finish in Moto One. But it wasn't quite that simple. Um, Joel grabbed the lead and led wire to wire, but early in the race, Bryce turned some, some faster lap times, even gave Joel all he could handle similar to last year at three palms when he passed Chad back and was uh, the fastest guy on the track there for a lap or two. Um, so he made a mistake. He would go back to fourth before finishing on the podium. He got back by Nick Janusa there, but, uh, those were some super impressive laps for sure. The kids got potential. Uh, you guys want to weigh in there, Jason. I know that you, you work closely with um with uh, the Ford Brothers racing team uh did, was it uh was it impressive to see what Bryce was doing at the beginning of Moto 1 there Yeah I mean for me I know I know he's got that raw speed but for him to kind of stick with them stick with those guys up front um it, it was it was definitely impressive I think like I said he tries to or he doesn't try to I, I should say but he does get in his head with some simple little mistakes and I think that may bother him and I, I think that's just a rookie or kind of a second year deal maybe, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's, he's got it. Um, I, I believe he just kind of spun out there and I, I was where I could see he was just in a little corner and he spun out and lost a bunch of time, but, mm-hmm. um, but he's got, I mean, he's got it in him to really push those guys. And it's just a matter of them kind of keeping those laps together the whole race. And like, yeah, yeah, so. we're going to, it's developing a race craft. Mm-hmm. You, you don't just show up and have the racecraft that Joel Hedrick and Chad we didn't have. I don't care who you are. Agreed. And Chad didn't no, have it. Joel true. didn't have it. You're, you're developing that racecraft. And the best way you can do it is what Bryce is doing right now. Getting up there and battling with those guys as long and as hard as you can. Yep. And you're going to develop what they have over time. You have to become seasoned. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when you look at all the racing and the battles and stuff that those guys had, and then you look at Bryce, who's, you know, 18 years old and he's been, you know, a dominant rider for as long as we can remember, like he's not, he's, he hasn't diced it up with guys that are at his level. So to see what he's doing at an, at an early age, uh, pretty impressive. He was faster early in moto one. So Joel's out front, uh, Chad has, has, uh, has to make a number of passes, um, but is in second by laps seven Bryce finishes third uh, Nick Janusa who was in the top three until the the last laps um, of the moto there where Bryce got by uh, you know he he got sent back to fourth there and I'll say um, I want to touch on this here while while we're kind of on the topic Janusa continues to impress me I think this this is the best that uh, that we've seen him so far I truly believe that uh, what do you think about that Casey I, I I still believe I think what we saw maybe the box score doesn't show it but what we saw at three palms um, show like I, I still think Nick Janus is a step ahead of where we've seen him in the past I think that the box score might not show how fast he really was at three palms yeah like you said on paper Nick's day didn't I mean it went well that's all that's all face it. If we could any of us could be top five in that class, we'd be stoked. But and he gave up some um, spot. He gave up some spots when he kind of made a made a little mistake, went around, had to go around a section, and he lost some spots there. I know that that hurt him in the overall in the overall spot. I, I believe it was the first moto I talked to Nick and I think he lost front brakes. Okay. So he had a little bit of an issue there, mechanical or you know, whatever you want to call it. He lost front brakes and 
Okay. And that's what he kind of chalked up to what had happened. And then the second moto, he got a, he got a pretty bad start. And uh, we're, we're going to get in the second moto and, and some of the mistakes that we've seen in the second moto and even some of the mistakes that we've seen in the first moto, I think we still, we're still going to touch on um, guys behind, mm-hmm. you know, the, the four people that we've been talking about in this moto. But no, Nick is um, – Dude, I think the snow is the way to go. I think everyone's <laughs> going to travel to Florida to go train, and we're going to go down where it's warm. No, we're going to go up north. Let's go. Let's go PA. Let's go Jersey. You know, if you really want to be a hard ass, let's go up to Maine. Let's go train with the snowmobile guys on quads. I mean, it, it's working for Nick right now, so let's take it. Yeah, there you go. Jason, I think uh, I think that, you know, what's so, I mean, and as you look at the results here, um, you know, it's pretty telling. It shows it, but the quality of the class as a whole, uh, there might not be 30 guys trying to qualify for the pro class, but the guys that are there, they're all ridiculously fast. Yeah, for sure. I just watching uh, like from qualifying to Moto1, you know, into Moto2 is even, even off those say like first three guys or first four guys, the battles that were still close behind were complete battles. I mean, these guys were putting down really good lap times, really good racing, but yet sticking with each other. And there's from say fifth place to 10th place, even, even back further, even, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are, are pushing towards the front that if they get a good start, I mean, it, it could be, you know, anybody's game, but, um, but no, there's a ton of talent. I mean, Nick really impressed me this, this last weekend, um, like kind of going back to him. I mean, he, he's a guy who just talking to him on the phone, seeing him at the race, talking to him, he's definitely all in. I mean, for somebody to drive that far and put in, I mean, I'm assuming he drives his own truck most of the way there, drives the thing home. I mean, that's a guy who's a diehard racer and, and, and he he'll tell you, I mean, he puts in his all and, and it showed this last uh, last race. So, yeah, I like to see him uh, like to see him that he's taken that that, uh, you know, kind of step forward. He told us on the last episode or one of the last episodes that, you know, he's hungry to be that third third guy. There's a third spot on the podium there, uh, you know, kind of open. So uh, he wants to be that guy. So a few more things I want to touch on when it comes to Moto One, uh, including rookie Max Linquist, who finished fifth. Um, but even more impressive is the fact that at one point early in the race, he was mired back in 12th. His his fastest lap was three from the end. And on the last lap, he was flying fastest rider on the track by over four seconds. I uh, was getting message after message say, saying, did you see what Max was doing at the end of the race? So uh, he was flying at the end of the race there. Max Linquist is the truth. Um, I still can't believe how freaking good this 17 year old kid is. Uh, guys, I'll let you, let you hop in there. For, for me, it's, uh, it's my first year working with Max. Um, we talked on the phone this off season and, um, I've, I've seen him kind of come up through the amateur ranks and or ranks and work through the pro-am class and Wisconsin and he, connect Wisconsin connection there. Jason. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but seeing him in person this last weekend, just going against these guys in that pro class, uh, it was amazing to me to see him at the end of that race, really, like you said, work his way through the pack, um, just putting down perfect laps. It was, and he's a super like fluid rider. Like uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It doesn't like, again, kind of like similar of a Chad doesn't look like he's putting in a ton of effort, but just really putting down some really good lap times and, and smart too. And, and I think, 
that's going to take him a long way through this, uh, through the pro class, just being, right. just right. being real, real subtle and smart and making good passes and all that. So you imagine like what a guy is going to be like when they make it to the pro class. And you're trying to imagine what Max is going to look like in the pro class. And uh, Casey, I mean, he, he, I've said it, you know, we've said it on these episodes, you know, talking about Daytona too, but he just looks the part. Like he looks like a top five guy. I don't know how, you know, at being so young and his first experience in the, in the pro class and he dominated pro-am last year and all these things, but you know, he's like, looks like a top five guy. Yeah, and I, I mean, I made some bold predictions on Max early in the season. and You did, and they're, I, I looking, they're you, looking good. I, I'm pretty good, so um, <laughs> he's going to be just fine. And so one of the things that I've noticed with him, I as a mechanic, I had to race against him on, like, 70s and 90s oh, and stuff. So I've heard with Baird. I forgot about that. Ex- exactly. And so I've paid a lot more attention to him and – and that stuff, then I think a lot of people do it. And I think a lot of um, his amateur racing was overshadowed by Bryce Ford, mm-hmm. which was rightfully so. Bryce is flashy, super fast, and did his thing. But Max always kind of just flew. And and there's only a couple people that have ever beat Bryce Ford, um, Trevor Thatcher, Max Lindquist, in the amateur ranks. And so I always knew – Max was the real deal, and so it was an easy bet for me. Like I'll take that bet when I. Let's face it, I'm a I'm a gambler. So, but it, that was easy to me. But what I've seen with him, you know, the the thing that's got a lot of people puzzled, and this is something that we haven't touched on it at all in any of the podcasts that we've done, and in a lot of discussions that I've had with people in private, even oh, okay, is. Max took a complete year off. Mm-hmm. He raced 250s and he did very well in the 250 class. I think he ended up second or something, you know, whatever it was, but he was very fast. And then he took a complete year off and then he came back and then he dominated pro mm-hmm. So it was like all of a sudden everyone was like, Whoa, who's this kid? He just came out and smoked everyone in pro am and, and he didn't smoke everyone zach decker was right there with him zach was very assertive in that class with him unfortunately zach got hurt for four rounds in and so we never really got to see it showcased but what we did see was as jason said you know you see a lot of resemblance of chad with max no there's an immense amount of resemblance between those two Besides, they're like eight inches difference in height. <laughs> they look freaking identical, and they ride very precisely yeah. identical. And that's what we're seeing. But the one thing that, and I've said it over and over again, and so it's going to sound repetitive, but the maturity that we see. And what I blame Max's maturity on is because we share the same birthday, and I'm very mature. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes not really but max max is a different breed he's young and i'm gonna still stick by what i've said max is gonna be on the podium by the end of the year you know before red Bud. 
And, and honestly, when you first said that, and I'm the biggest Max Linquist fan, you know, like we, you know, we live not that far apart, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Like, you know, I, I told him on the podcast, uh, I felt like I was, you know, like he's my guy. Like I was on the, on the bandwagon before anybody else, even like you said, knew what was going on. Um, yeah. Like we talked about on the podcast that, you know, he had taken that year off. He could have came and dominated the 250 classes because, uh, last we had saw him, he was racing Bryce, uh, in 2019, uh, he could have dominated the 250 class. He didn't want to, he wanted no part of that. So they were going to go home, you know, train with Chad, get ready, get faster, come back to the national nationals when he was 16 and could race a big bike class ended up being pro-am and at the very first race I remember like man like last year I remember thinking you know ahead of time like man did he bite off more than he can chew and sure enough you know him and, and Zach getting that crazy battle at the first race and the rest is history he dominates pro-am and and wins the championship now he's a top five pro here you know we moved him up to tier two and digging deep ATVMX fantasy uh and and the guys so the guys that are in that group with him Nick Janusa Wesley Wolf Brandon Hogue, Jeffrey Rostrelli, you know, those are guys that he's always looked up to. And he still was the, the second highest picked rider in that group, meaning people believe in this kid and it's hard to, hard to blame anybody, um, anybody at this point, because, uh, like I said, he's the truth. Uh, so, uh, you two were on location kind of moving on to the next little, little topic here. Uh, what happened early in that race between Jeffrey Rostrelli, Wesley Wolf and Brandon Hogue, because they were all right around the top five. Then they ended up all going to the back of the pack all the way back. And then both, uh, Wesley Wolf and Brandon Hogue DNF. So, uh, what can you, what can you guys tell us? I think Casey, you were in the tower, right? So what can you tell us about that? that battle was intense. Like, cause those guys weren't, none of them were doing anything spectacular. None of them was going to make some crazy pass out of the box to make that work. And then they were so tight. You could literally throw a blanket over. It. And I remember sitting up there with Rodney and, you know, we're calling the race as we go. And I looked away to look at, I think it was like the top three guys and, and see what was transpiring there. And I looked back over to the corner before the finish line and those four guys are all stuck. <laughs> Literally completely stuck, cannot move. Everyone's yelling. And like we could hear them yelling because we weren't but 25, 30 foot away from them. And they're all yelling at each other and no one can do anything. And they're all jerking and, you know, like trying to get the bikes out. Sure. But it, I think Brandon just stalled it. And it was just a chain reaction, you know, from Brandon, Wesley, Jeffrey, Max. It all just kind of piled in there. So, um, you know, I think Wesley ended up having some kind of uh, a failure later in the moto and, you know, ended up DNFing. Um, Brandon Hogue, the same thing. Unfortunate situation had, you know, had some sort of issue and ended up you know, DNF and the moto Max Linquist was the tail end of like the traffic jam in that corner. Mm -hmm. And he ended up coming back to fifth that moto. Mm -hmm. So oddly enough, the way it all trickled down, I think um, just the consistency of Max ended up putting him in that position. Um, Jeffrey kind of got like the, the shit in and the stick, if you want to call it, because he was 
in the middle of everyone. So he was almost the last one to get out besides Brandon because Brandon was still trying to start his bike where everyone else had restarted their bikes and got out. It was pretty much Jeffrey couldn't move until the guy in front of him and the guy behind him moved. Sure. Yep. And then he got to go. He was but he had to in. wait for everything. He had to wait for the pieces of the puzzle to fall apart for him to get out of there. So gotcha. um, that kind of hurt Jeffrey's, you know, Moto 1 there in that situation because I think he was feeling pretty good and he was, you know, he was doing this thing. He was working his way through. And, you know, that group of riders is incredibly fast and com- com- incredibly competitive with each other. So those guys, Max or not Max, Jeffrey, Brandon, and Wesley have been around for some time now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Brandon's a couple years in, Wesley's obviously a few years in, Jeffrey's a veteran. Those guys are really competitive. And Jeffrey don't want to say that he got beat by Wesley Wolf and mm-hmm. Brandon Hogue. No doubt. Brandon don't want to say that he got beat by, you know, those two guys of Jeffrey and Wesley and Wesley is the same thing. So um, they all have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. And I think we're going to see some crazy, crazy battling with those guys. And then you're going to insert Max that I think at times is going to sit on the outside of it. And, and you can let's, let's watch and see what transpires, but you're going to see Max like sit on the outside of watching these guys. Like I think he learned a lot at Daytona, like, you can only get hit so many times before <laughs> it starts to fatigue you. Right. And you can only hit someone so many times until it starts to fatigue you. Like those jars that you take when you're doing that, like, and I called it before the race ever started, like Wesley Wolf's going to look at Max Linquist and just slam him. I, I said it flat out and that's yes, exactly what ended up happening. Yep. The thing that I didn't say was Max is straight up came back at him and slammed him in the next corner which is what I wanted to see from a rider at his age. Yep. So Max learned something really quick at Daytona and he learned another thing at Daytona and look up a little bit because he could have maybe avoided the, the traffic jam there in that corner and would have went around him. But the rider that we haven't mentioned yet that did avoid the traffic jam Logan. was Logan Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Logan went from ninth, to fifth in one corner. I, that's, and I, exactly, I made a comment. That's, a, that's exactly what you guys said on the broadcast. Yeah. So I made a comment like I, in the broadcast, but I made a comment on like social media. I'm like, you should get an award for passing the most people one corner because he literally went from ninth to fifth uh-huh. in one corner. And the only thing he didn't do that I've seen in this same situation years ago at Pleasure Valley when Joe Bird, Kramer, and all those guys got into it, Doug Gus went around everyone around the outside and he waved at him. Mm-hmm. And so I told Logan, I said, dude, you failed. <laughs> hey, you didn't thanks. wave as thanks. you went by. Right. And so, but it was cool. I mean, and, and Logan, you know, Logan killed it and he was in the right position at the right time. Um, he, he didn't get a good start, but he was in the position when those guys had made a mistake. It just happened to collect all four of them. And there he went. 
Right. Yeah. Shout out to Logan Stanfield and Cody Ford, uh, both super strong rides, sixth and seventh. Uh, like you said, Jeffrey uh, ended up eighth after, you know, kind of that, that early race uh, debacle there. Uh, uh, VTech was in ninth, uh, super impressive there. Uh, another good ride for him. Uh, looking forward to talking to him on the, uh, the show here in a little bit. And uh, Michael Allred, who ran as high as sixth early after uh, that melee, like Casey was just talking about, he earned another top 10 finish. So that was good. Uh, let's move on to moto two then um bryce grabbed the whole shop it was quickly overtaken by joel and chad uh joel led all laps but chad kept him kept him very honest and uh the the lead never got as big as three seconds and at the midway point chad had it under a second um so overall my takeaway is we're in for another knockdown drag out war between uh these two for the title uh jason what about you you were there in person uh, i think it's going to be another 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 good year good battle between these guys yeah, I think uh, definitely it's going to be a good year for that. Uh, one thing, I, it's going to come down to the start for sure. Um, I, I know they push each other early on, but it almost it was almost too close at the end. They're just it was crazy that they could run those paces the whole time. But uh, yeah, I think for sure we're in for a good year. Uh, you can tell Joel's comfortable on that bike. Chad's obviously really comfortable on that bike. So um, it's it's going to be equipment for equipment i mean they're on the same same you know machine base setup but uh there's there's really no no excuses there and and it, it showed i mean they they started to walk away at the end there and and it seemed like bryce kind of settled in behind there but and then max was actually catching up too and uh towards the end but but chad and chad and joel definitely have a a unique uh ability to put the pedal down and never let go. So I think it's going to be a really entertaining year. I, I wish I could get the more races just to see those two battle it out, but I'm also kind of looking forward to seeing some of these, you know, third, fourth, fifth guys come, come and battle it up front too. If they get some good starts and push these guys, I think there's definitely an ability to, to see some new faces on the podium this year, or, or maybe even higher on the steps. So. And that's what we all want to see is, is different guys kind of fill out that third spot. I mean, that's something that we've talked about here that I, I think everybody's really excited to see if guys on different weekends can step up to the plate there. Uh, it's funny uh, because it kind of feels like the same old battles we've always seen between Joel and Chad. And it's easy to, to forget uh, already that Joel's on a new quad, you know, it's red, but he's on a Yamaha just like Chad is. So it's kind of cool. And, and Casey after day Daytona, uh, Joel was sitting 15th in points one race later, Joel is second in points, only 13 back. Um, asking you because you know you're part of his inner circle there with Impact Solutions. Uh, I have to feel like he feels like he's in a good, uh, good position, all things considered. Yeah, and so like we talked about qualifying, and now we're talking about Moto One, and um, my my view of the actual racetrack and the race itself is completely different from Moto from qualifying to Moto One. Yep. So I don't get to see anything. I have to completely trust what my riders are telling me in qualifying. And you don't always get to see it. And so Moto 1, I go up to the tower and I'm with Rodney. And and we go through the motions and we, and we do the first Moto. And obviously Joel won. So it's a good day for me. All right. Like, you know, Joel's an Elka guy, Impact Solutions guy. Yep. So that's a good day. Um, all of our riders did very well. And um, 
the one thing I noticed, and Jay was standing next to me. Rodney was on my right. We were announcing together, and Jay usually comes to the tower and watches the race with me. And I don't like it. He's not in here anymore. So I don't like when Jay is in the tower with me because, like, he's my boss. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, we, we we're both, like, puking before the moto. Like, we're both super involved and – and the passion is is super deep between the both of us in it and we're standing there and i looked over at him about a little before joel made the big mistake the first moto when the when the gap got really tight yeah and i just i just told him i said he don't look right he he don't look like himself but from the qualifying times you could have never told that story blindly you you didn't know that song and so I'm like, he don't look right. And he's like, what do you mean? He's leading. Like, he's fine. And I'm like, no, like, I've watched that kid ride so much this winter. And I know what he's capable of. We've seen Daytona, the direction that it was going before, you know, some unfortunate um, situations. And I'm like, he doesn't look right. And so I left it alone. Joel obviously won. Um, Chad did Chad just solid as a rock and he's in he's in a very good situation for the the championship situation that is there joel knows what he needs to do chad knows what he needs to do chad's gonna pick the spots in the races the thing that i took away from three palms and hole and i'm jumping way fast forward because i wanted to mention this later was the results of three palm last year and the results of three palms this year were completely different Yes. And I won't go too deep because I do want to talk about it later. Yep. What I seen is Joel Hetrick. I didn't feel like he was Joel right then. He he won. It was great. Everyone's happy. But maybe I read too far into it. Maybe I look too deep into what is going on. And I'm like, so I didn't say anything to Joel. Obviously, you're not going to bring something up of course but we walk we come up for the second moto and this may help us lead into the second moto and jay walks up and i'm like what you know what did joel say and and jay primarily takes care of joel i i take care of pretty much everyone else jay and joel you know if joel needs something like i'm always there like you know mm-hmm. if there's a decision that needs to be made race day you know jay and myself we we discuss it and then and with joel and the team and and then we make decisions so it's a team effort but it's it's different jay is joel's guy and they've been working together since he was on 50s Mm -hmm. yeah like (laughs) i mean you can't you can't come in between that relationship it's incredible right um but i i'm like so you know i and i talked to joel and yeah everything's good you know we won and i'm like yeah cool you know what do you think and so we kind of went about it and I said, what do you think? And he's like, you know, I asked Joel and this is what Jay said to Joel. Uh-huh. So if you were a hundred percent at Daytona, coming into Daytona, you were a hundred percent. What are you today? And this is where shit gets serious. Okay. And, and I probably shouldn't say this to the world, but it is what it is. And Joel said, I'm 80%. Eighty percent. 
take it for what it is and how it comes out. I don't yeah. really care either way. Well, and I think he did say something like that on the podium too. Like he's about 80%. I didn't, I didn't listen because I didn't want to get sprayed with champagne. So I was running, <laughs> yeah. but that, that's just sure. my MO. I'm pretty sure he uh, said something like that. And I know exactly where you're going with this last year. Um, he put it all on the line at three palms because that was such a pivotal race, a pivotal event for that championship last year. He left it all on the table and it wasn't enough. It was like, you know, maybe he had brought a knife to a gunfight this year. He goes there, you know, whether it's the new machine or, you know, everything in his program, he was at 80% and he was still able to go one, one and have a perfect day. So you're saying going forward, maybe Joel's going to be that much better. That's where you're going. You're, with you're still in my end of the show. Closure. <laughs> well, Come I on. knew. See, and this is something that I thought about. If you're taking Joel last year as a, as a template to compare it, um, man, you got to believe he's a light year ahead. There was, he couldn't even make that's what he was. I mean, but that's what everyone's doing right now is just trying to compare. Yep. You know, if you're a diehard Honda guy and I, and I, I bleed Honda. Like I'm such a Honda guy, but I've been preaching since like 2014. Like, yeah, these guys need to switch to Yamaha's and you know, I'm bleeding unoctionated blood right now. Like it's blue as it gets. And I've been preaching it for a very long time, but Mm -hmm. we're filled with hard headed individuals. And if we're not hard headed, you're not going racing. So that's a, that's a quality trait when it comes to racing. But we're seeing stuff, and and Joel isn't as good as he is right now because he switched machines. Let's face it, Joel is very good on any machine that he rides. We've seen him win races on multiple different colors now, or multiple different bike brands, um, or quad brands. So, but what I took from it was the the thing for me is I feel like I know the I know the rider so well that I picked it out in the first moto that I didn't feel like he was a hundred percent who he was. And then I got reassurance without asking the question myself. Right. So take it for what it is. But when you think about this stuff as deeply as I do, and you lose as much sleep as I do over this sport, Mm -hmm. what you learn from getting a comment from someone that's just going to tell you as raw as it is like Jay, me and Jay, like, we're so raw with each other. It's sickening. And he wasn't trying to shelter a question. Like he wasn't like, Hey, yeah, you, you felt like Joel wasn't right. So I asked him this question. He's just like, I'm like, Hey, what did Joel say? And he's like, this is what I asked him. And this is what his answer was. Yeah. Take it for what it is. That's why we're doing what we're doing right now is to give the people the reality of what is going on. So I could put my foot in my mouth in a hurry. Yep because we could go to the next race and it not be the same result or whatever it is. But what I'm saying right now is it it's sickening what these guys are doing Yeah, and where Joel's at. Right. And I told Joel, it was three palms last year for the first time ever. It looked like he was riding on outdated equipment. And I've, I'm a guy that still has TRXs. It looked like he was on outdated equipment that couldn't compete. You know, when you're going he was going as fast as that bike would go. That's how it felt. And he couldn't keep up and he was out by Chad. So uh, going forward, um, it's going to be really interesting, but I have to believe that Joel likes uh, the position he's in. 
We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. All right, guys, here he is, the man that stole the show in Texas, brought to you by CST Tires. Visit shop.csttires.com today to join this guest and myself on CST's Pulse MXR Tires. Soft and standard compounds are available now at shop.csttires.com. It's legend of the sport and three palms event winner, Mr. Joel Hetrick. What's up, man? Congrats on the, uh, the big bounce back win in Texas. What's up, Cody? Happy to be on again. And uh, yeah, definitely a better result and result at Texas than Daytona. Um, I was just obviously super stoked to be able to do that coming off that crash. And, you know, there's just, uh, there's a lot to talk about. It was a, it was an interesting weekend and, uh, you know, it obviously turned out great for me, but definitely some good battles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, things can, uh, can turn around quickly, can't they? It feels like, feels like yesterday, like you kind of just referenced there, you suffered that misfortune, uh, in Daytona and, uh, the result is 15th in points and a big deficit to make up fast forward one race later after that, uh, dominant performance at three palms, you're now all the way up to second in points, just 13 back of Chad that has to have you feeling pretty good. Um, you know, all things considered after the opener there. <clears throat> yeah, I was actually super surprised to see myself bounce from 15th to second. You know, I knew if I won both motos, I would get up there, but I didn't expect all that, mm-hmm. uh, which is really tight points. I mean, it's like 56 I have and then 55, 55, 54. So we're, we're real close, but right. um, it's definitely, definitely way, you know, I'm way happier to be where I'm at now. And it doesn't really seem like it's the end of the world with the points difference, you know, coming from a win like that. And <clears throat> with, with what I could do, you know, which was limited before, before Texas and um, everything like that, riding was limited. Just, you know, my ability wasn't fully there because of the crash. So mm-hmm. I was actually super happy to be able to do that. I know I told you I was a hundred percent. Obviously I was telling everyone that because I'm <laughs> mentally, I needed to be that, but right. uh, yep. uh, physically on the track, I don't think I was. And it, it showed a little bit here and there I made a couple uh, mistakes But for the most part, I mean, I was just, the bike was working awesome and the track was in my favor, even though it was rough. I kept telling myself all day that it wasn't that rough. And I think that played into my favor, um, just going out there with, you know, the head that it didn't matter how rough it was. I'm going to go out and try to lay down these laps every lap. And if you look at the times, that's what we did. We had a heck of a race, both motos and the lap times were just gnarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I texted you like you referenced there before the races. Uh, I was getting a bunch of inquiries about your health and, and I wanted to know where you were at uh, before I picked you in, in, in digging deep ATV MX fantasy as my, as my fantasy pick. So um, tell us about your health, uh, kind of uh, going into the races there, how you were recovering, how you were feeling, how much riding and prep time you had before the races. Um, tell us about that because I, I believe uh, you told somebody it might've been on the podium that you were maybe 80%, but like you said, you were saying you were a hundred percent, almost like, uh, speaking it into existence. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a big part of my, my racing and, you know, mental is a huge part of it. So telling myself that I'm a hundred percent and I can go out there and win, I'm put, you know, my potential is there. I can win. Um, that was, that was a big deal that day because I was tired and, it showed not by the lap times, but just by my riding, the couple mistakes I had. Um, but, you know, coming up to the event, like preparation wise, I, I think I rode a total of six days in that huge break we had. Okay. Um, so that's six days. I mean, that's, that could be, I had two motos one day, four motos the other day. Like it just, it wasn't consistent enough for me to be very happy or confident with going into the race. And then 
you know, physical fitness wise, it seemed like everything I would do, I would be so exhausted, sore, stiff after it's like, I just kept pulling, setting myself back. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I took more time off and I think it helped because when I got to the race, I was excited to ride. I was, uh, you know, I was completely recovered from not doing typical, you know, daily activities, but yeah. um, there's pros and cons to it. So the pros were, I feel like I was fully recovered. I was excited to ride and the cons were, you know, 15 minutes into a moto and Chad's breathing down your neck. Like you feel that 80% right. coming. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, given, given the circumstance and the, and the hurdles that you had to overcome and how bad it looked at one point, you know, late in the day, uh, you know, on that Tuesday at Daytona, um, given uh-huh. you know, all, all those things. Uh, yeah. I mean, like it was literally a perfect day for you. It just felt like one of those days um, that we've seen so many times, a number of times with you, like I said, perfect. I mean, first in both qualifiers, one, one in the motos first overall perfect day. Um, but this was different because it was the first win on the Yamaha was the first win on CSC tires and basically like as much as things change they stay the same so we discussed the the three palms round being pivotal last season um what was it like to go back to to that event now here in 2021 with a whole new program uh was it like uh, like having an entirely new weapon at your disposal this time around because we discussed in depth you and I and then you know tons of other people here on the show that last year that race was pivotal but I mean, you were doing all you could do and it was kind of like having a, 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 you know, a knife at a gunfight, basically, like you were doing all you could do, but the bike wasn't, uh, maybe wasn't up to snuff. Uh, you go back there this year, yeah. you're not, you're not even at a hundred percent and, uh, you know, you're on this new machine and you're able to get the job done. You have to, that has to have you feeling like you're on top of the world. Yeah, definitely. And we were actually talking about that today. Uh, I think I told you guys in another podcast Saturday 2020 after three palms I had thrown up after the event because I was completely drained Mm -hmm. and at that time of you know the series you're in peak condition I mean your your physical fitness is through the roof because you've been racing all year long right so for me to be able to come out this year on a whole new machine new tires and win the race where I'm at in you know in life right now with my fitness and everything and just how the season started it's like to me it's like a no brain obviously i made the right decision on switching to a yamaha too um it just it was not like it was i'm not gonna say it was effortless but it was less effort to ride that machine faster like at that pace and i don't know i just feel like if maybe if i had that you know yamaha differently but that's nor here nor there. It's uh, I know what it did this year, and it really, it really worked awesome in the train track uh, turns with the acceleration bumps coming out of them. Yep. Whether like last year the TRX did not at all. Like I feel like it just was. I was held back coming out of the turns. Uh, the rear end just it wouldn't track through some of that stuff like this Yamaha does, and it was just a huge eye opener this year doing that and be like, wow, if I was a little bit better shape, I think I would have been happier with how I did, but. I know, I knew in the back of my head, like, all right, well, it's, I I mean, it's time to work. I mean, it ain't time to screw around just because I want it's, it's time to go back to work. And that's what I've been doing. I've just like, I'm at the track today with Wesley Wolf and Adam Ulrich riding and just, we've already done two, two 15 plus minute motos already. And, you know, we're not even halfway done yet. So we're putting in the work this time. I know I am. And I just, I know I can be better physical wise. I know the bike's 
kick ass right now. So there's nothing I want to do to that, but there's just things I can do and I'm going to improve that, improve myself and come out high point. One of my favorite tracks swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal day. Phenomenal win for you there. Um, and, uh, like you said, you know, I think you're in a really good spot, especially all things considered after the opener. So, um, yeah, moving on to high point that's next up. Uh, like you said, I mean, when I think of high point, I think of some dominant Joel Hetrick performances up there. Uh, so you have to feel, uh, feel good about that being the next one on the schedule back on the schedule for the first time since 2018. Uh, and, uh, kind of seems like a perfect place to, uh, help, you know, continue to close up that points gap because it feels so different than you know a number of years ago when you crashed at the opener it seemed like you know you fought that 25 point deficit deficit for so long and or Mm -hmm. whatever it was close to 25 points and late in the season you were able to make up a bunch of ground well to make up a bunch of ground in the very next race uh i feel like uh again like that that's got to feel like a great uh good feather in your cap and now to go to high point a place that's been so good to you um man you could you could come out of there smelling like a rose yeah you're exactly right i mean there's a strategy to everything and you know we we were trying to put a, a plan into into our program this year you know what what track suits joel best what tracks are you know we could do better at potentially and and it's not uh i don't know what i was gonna say it it's not like I'm hiding the fact that I can ride hard pack. So we know that I can ride hard pack really well. And that's the plan for this race is to go in there and ride this hard pack and try to gain those crucial six points like we did at Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause going into Texas, it was like, am I going to be able to do this? You know, we'll just try to split, get out of there. I think I said before, I stopped telling people, don't, we're not splitting anywhere. I'm going in to win everything I can win and that's it. So yeah. actually no one yeah. said to split this year, which is good, but um you know, that's typically the game plan is, you know, maybe we'll just split, but right now it's maybe we'll just go out there and go as fast as we can every single lap and try to win, you know, the moto. So that's, that's the goal for high point. I'm staring at a track right now. That's super hard packed, looks just like it. And I know I'm, I'm getting in the right training, the right riding. And um, it's just, it's going to be a really fun one. I'm excited to see how the track lays out, how it, you know, comes into play with the, hopefully we have good weather and everything. And, you know, it's just, it could be an interesting weekend. It could be a, a tough mutter or it could be, you know, awesome, awesome hard pack race. Yeah. I feel like you never know uh, in Pennsylvania this time of year. Um, that first moto uh, last time we were there in 2018 stands out to me because you clip that step up double uh, at the beginning of moto one there and go on a furious run, damn near win that thing uh, mm-hmm. by the end of it. So that was pretty impressive. And I can't wait to see uh, the, I mean, I'm biased, but I can't wait to see the advantage that I think you're going to have on these guys um, with those CST soft compound MXR tires. Um, your practice, Yep. on there and maybe you can vouch for this but i truly believe that those are the conditions where they're at their very best um so i'm really excited to see what that looks like um when we get to high point yeah so like i was just gonna say so far today it has been like just amazing to feel them be able to hook up on this hard pack stuff and i'm just I was actually really surprised how comfortable I was right off the bat being that I haven't rode a lot of really hard pack stuff. Um, right. So today this was a huge eye opener, like how, how well they really work. And we had talked about it before being, being so soft and gummy and a smaller uh, diameter tire rather yep. than the maxes, I think is a little bigger. I think that um, it really helps. And I don't know what the, if the sidewall different, if there's any sidewall difference, but it feels like the tire 
um, transfers the side bite a lot better than the razor pluses, if that makes sense. Like it, it just seems like it grabs side bite a lot better and it's more consistent, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to that. And I know with our power package, uh, we don't have too much here or not enough there. We have a really uh, solid package and I think is going to come into play here at high point, you know, yeah, you don't want to yeah. be blowing the tires off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I do think that it's a, it's a less rigid tire than what the new Maxis is. And uh, yeah, that the side bite on those things is so good. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, I uh, want to congratulate you, obviously, on another victory down there to the 39th of your career. Um, but uh, first, it was a first in so many ways. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us a little bit, especially uh, while you're at the racetrack. And uh, man, like I, like I said, uh, you and High Point go together like peanut butter and jelly. So <laughs> Uh, it should be should be uh really exciting to watch yeah i'm excited i'll be slamming peanut butter and jellies all day at high point too <laughs> you're the man That's, um, go ahead you know i got one question that i would like i'm sure you could figure it out and you're i love the statistics you always post to the riders 39 okay. overall wins is awesome i i love hearing that i would love to know the moto wins i've always wanted to calculate it but i'm just I don't know. If I, I have ADHD. it. I can't sit there and add them up. You have, you have it. I have it on the fantasy website, so I can let you know what that is. Yeah. All right. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Here, if you hang on one second, I can tell you exactly what it is. For this I'll, type of information, I'll wait. Eighty-six moto wins to date for Joel Hattrick. Not bad. Nice. Okay, you're the man. All right, pal. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks again for making some time for us. And uh, yeah, we always, uh, we always appreciate you here on Digging Deep. No problem. Happy to do it. We'll uh, see you at High Point. Awesome, man. Congrats again. That's uh, Three Palms winner and former two-time champ Joel Hetrick. brought to you by our friends at CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today to pick up some fresh Pulse MXR tires for the 2020 season. Thanks again, pal. Congrats. And we'll uh, see you at High Point. All right. See you there. Thank you. Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft comp on rears, to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatcherick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST Tires. Are you? CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Wienan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R 
is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself Cody Jansen and my back-to-back -back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. So Joel Hetrick, who you just heard from there, goes 1-1. Perfect day for him. Chad, 
uh, grabbed second, strong second. He, like I said, he uh, put in a good fight, kept Joel really honest. Um, Bryce finished third in the moto as, as, as well there, third overall, 3-3 day for him. That's his third pro-class podium. Congrats to him. Uh, but the gnarly battle was those tier two riders. We've talked about it a little bit here. The guys outside the top three, Max Linquist, Wesley Wolf, Nick Janusa, Brandon Hogue, Jeffrey Rastrelli. Uh, they were locked in a crazy battle. Brandon Hogue was the lead dog there in the pack um, for that pack early. Wesley Wolf and Nick Janusa were both quick. Uh, kind of touched on this already, but I think that, that um, the rides that they put in there um, in the second moto confirmed the the speed of theirs that we saw at Daytona. Um, and then, uh, but when the dust settled, it was the 17 year old rookie Max Linquist uh, who topped them all for the, the fourth spot there in the moto fourth overall. Um, Jason, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, you're a guy, you know, you guys are, are located now down in Texas with four works, but uh, w- Wisconsin is where you, you originally hail from uh, Max Linquist too. I got to believe, I mean, I'm a Wisconsin tonight obviously it's cool for a kid like max Linquist from wisconsin from our native land to you know kind of be mixing it up but again and i'll say it again uh, this is going to be a battle to watch all season long but you got to believe i mean think about and i posted about this a uh, couple couple days ago but max Linquist who outdueled guys like Jeffrey Rastrelli and the guys in that tier this last weekend, when Jeffrey Rastrelli was making his professional debut, Max was winning a title on a 50 in the 50 CVT class. Uh, just incredible. Jason, uh, I got to believe I, I still battling guys like legends, guys that you looked up to all your heroes uh, that like, again, is something to me that's so amazing about what max is doing yeah for sure i think that uh I, the one advantage for him i guess going into the pro class this year i think is probably just the fact that he's been able to work with chad ride with chad mm-hmm. but that's yeah. got that's got to be a little bit of a kind of a weight off your back just jumping into that but it you know i hadn't walked I, i've known of max for a long time i hadn't followed him too closely through his earlier days just because when I go to a race, it's like just bam, I I have to see everybody. But, but anyways, I mean, seeing how far he's progressed as quickly as he's progressed and then jumping into this class and just, just seeing him go, go to the point of where he's at right now. And just, he looks comfortable. Uh, He doesn't look like he's nervous at all. Um, Maybe he doesn't have the best starts to, to get out there, but, but for him to work his way through and, and be a part of those, those guys who can get on the podium um, and, and I think will get on the podium um, and watch, watch them all battling out. But, but like I said, it goes back to just how, how smart he rides. I think, but I don't think he necessarily looks like he's going to take somebody out on purpose or jam anybody if he doesn't have to, but, but he just, he works his way through so methodically. And uh, that, that second moto impressed, impressed the hell out of me, honestly, just, yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere, like late he, in the he, race. Yeah. yeah, it was like, and it was like all of a sudden. I mean, we knew he was there. We were, I was watching on my phone just the lap times as I was watching it in front of me. But yeah. uh, he was pulling those lap times just constantly, 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 and and it was like all of a sudden he was, like I said, he was trailing on Bryce. I mean, he was he was he wasn't necessarily like super close, but but he got close at the end. And and I know uh, those top three guys. Well, maybe not Joel and Chad, but but Bryce tried to settle in a little bit there, and he, he thought he could just hold it. But 
but Max pushed it the whole time. He's, uh, and I'm, I'm a diehard Wisconsin guy. I'll always be, but uh-huh. uh, it's, it's so cool to see him being kind of a native of my home, home state. Uh, you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, you can't train a lot in Wisconsin. So, no, no. Uh, you know, between yourself, Sam Rowe, Max Lindquist, uh, and, and a few others that have made it high in that sport, uh, Denoble, he'll be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about. Oh, Denoble! Can't, can't forget about Nick. No, uh, but uh, but anyways, I mean, like it's it's what really neat Doug to Gus? see him. Oh yeah, Doug Gus. Gosh. Oh, that guy. My that memory guy. doesn't. My memory doesn't go that far back. But <laughs> but uh, but anyways, no, it, it's cool to see you know those guys that were just like you said, uh, Cody, it's in your backyard watching them since they were young and. Mm-hmm. and uh really moving up in this sport so and such a he's such a cool like such a even great keel kid. person yeah, yeah he's such, such a, a nice kid. guy yep um isn't cocky and just totally I, I think loves what he's doing and and I, I see him doing big things yeah absolutely I mean it's one of those guys at this point I don't I don't know what else we can say about him but uh he's he's uh one of those guys one of those kids that you you want to pull for you want to cheer for and and a guy that you want to see do well so uh awesome another awesome finish I mean comes out of his first two races as a rookie with two fourths that's uh pretty incredible so um Nick Janusa he ended up fifth on the day uh Jeffrey Rastrelli overcame some of his uh hurdles there he ends up sixth overall on the day Cody Ford impressive ride for him seventh overall uh that was his best finish since 2019 so super pumped for him uh logan stanfield another solid day for him he was uh he was eighth overall on the day wesley wolf um he had that dnf in the first moto there um so he ends up ninth overall top 10 for brandon hogue he rebounded a little bit at least to get uh top 10 overall michael allred ended up 11th uh vtech nikenyak he ended up 12th um Cesar Jimenez was 13th and Michael Perkins, who I believe said he's battling an injury. Uh, he ended up 14th overall on the day. So, uh, crazy racing. We only had three people, uh, of the 200 or so that are playing digging deep ATVMX fantasy. Only three people had the perfect lineup of Joel Hetrick, Max Lindquist, um, Cody Ford or Logan Stanfield who tied in points on the day and VTech. Uh, so congrats to those players. Only three, like I said, so it's pretty, uh, pretty cool, um, to have only three people people have predicted the, the perfect score. So that was Saturday. Um, Sunday though, may have been the, the more controversial day, starting with the, the buzz created by Bryce Ford rolling to the gate for pro-am. Uh, I hear some people really didn't, uh, care for that. And I just want to remind people, I wanted to be able to touch on this. We'll talk to Bryce about it when he's on the show as well, but, uh, this is something that's always kind of, this is always something that people have done. This is not anything new with the exception of the last few years here um pros have always run pro-am as well and i'm talking good guys jeffrey rastrelli josh upperman those are guys that i had to race against as their top three top five pros i had to race against them in pro-am you can go back to you know eras previous like Corey ellis and guys like that who were you know competing for you know good finishes wins and stuff in the pro class who were also running pro-am um and you know like i said if you want to reference an earlier time period there so guys this is normal uh i don't know why people are so upset about this. Um, Jason, I saw you, you know, kind of weigh in, I think on, on social media. Um, but 
I just, I think it's BS that people, people are taking offense to this, whether it be riders in the class or fans. I mean, I just, I, I just, I, I needed to be able to bring it up because this is something that has been in ATV racing for as long as I can remember pros running pro-am as well. Yeah. I guess I don't generally comment too much on, on posts. I just try not to be controversial <laughs> at all, but I, I just wanted to kind of shed light on, I mean, he, he basically late. So Saturday night I was talking to him and Cody and actually their mechanic, uh, Nick was telling me that they were going to race possibly pro Am pro Am Sunday. And I thought it was honestly a joke, but apparently Bryce woke up at seven o'clock in the morning Sunday and said, he called Mark, I guess, uh, and said, Hey, get the bike ready. So him and Jody put it together. They, uh, they got everything, you know, dialed in and, uh, and he went out there and so a little insight, I guess, between the two motos on Saturday, Bryce must've got, he wasn't feeling the best. He was in the motorhome, had a super bad headache. So I don't know if he just felt like he needed to kind of get more practice in, redeem himself, but he woke up feeling good Sunday morning, went out there. I mean, he, he didn't touch anybody. He didn't, you know, he let them all ride their own deal behind him. And, and he, he obviously said on the podium, like it's a one and done thing. He's not trying to go out there and steal steal anything away from anybody but I was kind of you know beside myself too I just everybody's so quick to kind of jump on things and especially with social media but I get it if he was going out there and just kind of waxing everybody all season it's one thing but it was kind of a you know no harm deal and uh agreed and it, it was good practice for him I think just to get out ride his own race uh, I I was kind of excited to see well I wasn't kind of I was really excited to see Zach Decker and him line up next to each other and uh and and but obviously Bryce checked out a little bit in the beginning led it led the race and and Zach put in a really good race too but uh yeah I mean no harm no foul it just it was what it was and people just need to kind of chill about it I think so Exactly. It was a good measuring stick there, but uh, yeah, it's not like he didn't get in anybody's way. He went one, one. So you can argue he didn't get it in the way of anybody's points or anything like that. But Casey, why are people so upset? This is the exact reason I don't read the comment section is <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's complete bullshit. Like back in the day, back in my day, <laughs> but back in the day, like, the guys race both classes mm -hmm. It is what it is. And I remember watching Upperman come and actually race against you. Yep. You know, cause, it, cause it did fade, it did fade off. Yep. It did. And then, and then Uppy was having a little bit of a rough year. I remember Jeffrey was racing the pro class and won the pro-am championship. Sure did. Um, so here's the solidifying facts of this situation. As, as weird as it sounds like Sunday night, we're all rushing to the airport. We're trying to find Ubers. We're, we're jumping in cars with people and, and we're going to the airport and I get there and I'm standing in line and I, you know, I look ahead of me and there's Jason Decker. Okay. Me and Jason have been friends for years. Me and Zach, you know, like I'm good friends with the entire family. Yep. And so we're, we walk through security and we're kind of walking over to head to our, our own gates or whatever. And I said, Hey, what do you think about Bryce racing pro-am? And he says, it, no lie. Like, this is no shit. He looks me straight in the face. And this is just Jason. And it is as raw as it gets. He says, I hope he races all of them. And I'm like, 
So as a dad myself and as a prideful individual, like you want your child to win. And I, and Jason is very prideful and he loves his children. Like they're, they do no wrong. They, they do no harm. Like they're angels, just like all of our kids are like we, I mean, we all think our kids are devils at home, but what our pride is, is our children Mm -hmm. succeeding. Like I live my life every day to succeed, to make my children succeed. If my children are succeeding, whether I'm rich or poor, I'm okay because my children are doing good. Yep. And so this is a father of, I think, four kids or something. I don't know how many kids they actually have, whatever. But Zach is in a situation that he's making or breaking his career this year. It's not that serious. Like, he's going to be okay if he doesn't win. But let's just face it. In Jason's eyes, that's what he sees. That's reality of what it is. And he says, I hope he races all of them. And I'm like, oh, no, that's reality. That's cool. Because he wants – the only way Zach's going to get any better, yes, Aaron Salinas is there. Aaron was very close. And, and rode a very good race. But how are you going to get better unless you're racing against somebody to make you be better? Mm-hmm. So Facebook comments, Instagram comments, screw it. Put it aside. It doesn't matter what you guys all think in reality when you're putting in the comments or Bryce Ford shouldn't be racing, blah, blah, blah. The guy that is actually racing against him and the guys that are racing against him I've talked to Aaron. I've talked to Robert, Salinas. Mm-hmm. They're they're perfectly okay with Bryce See, Tracy. And I'm glad. And I'm glad you said that. Now there was there was people in that class that were bitching. I know that for a fact. But my argument. Well, I know the top the top second and third guys in that class were not. See, and that I don't a, know, and that's why right. I don't read the comments because I don't right. want to be. I don't want to know how big of cry babies some people are see and this is what i'm saying is the guys at the front of the class the the guys that finished second and third to bryce are not bitching knowing that they can learn they can learn that's what i'm getting at and 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 again like you know i mean yeah like there's time i mean there i wish i didn't have to race jeffrey i wish i didn't have to race ronnie when he was really good i wish i didn't have to race parker you know when he was a good pro and the list goes on up he was in the class i would have won a bunch of pro-am races four of them i finished second to second to cody gibson that would have been four wins but it was what it was so this isn't a new concept it's just not a new concept that's all i wanted to be able to touch on there and uh cody could win every pro race to today if it was five laps and no and no disrespect to cody yeah cody was just freaking phenomenal cody's one of the only guys that's ever beat joel through the amateur ranks i know cody gibson jeffrey rostrelli are the only guys that gave joel hetrick fits through the amateur ranks. so give yourself a little bit more credit (laughs) and at one race what race was it when Cody Gibson and Casey Martin were racing each other for a pro-am trip, it was, it had to have been Walnut, I think. I actually was Casey Martin's mechanic that day. Okay. okay. The Casey's were out and we actually beat Cody that day, Red which Bud. is exceptional. Red. Was it Redbud? Redbud. Yep. Okay. 
I yep. don't even remember what race it was, but yeah, it was Red we, Bud. we beat Cody that day. Yep. And Red, Red would... Bud Pro-Am production, that was the only race that Cody lost all year other than uh, one earlier in the year when his bike broke. But uh, yeah, 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 you guys beat him straight up. Yeah, I, so, I did a whole lot. I washed the bike. I think I changed the clutch there you that go. whole so, day. It, so, it was pretty epic. So everybody that's listening right now, message Cody Gibson and tell him that we want to hear from him on the digging deep podcast because he's agreed to it a few times and then pulled out. So we want to hear from him. So please everybody go to him, get in his DMS, tell him that digging deep. We want him on here. And maybe if we pressure him enough, he'll get on the show. We interrupt this program for a special news bullet. All right, guys, I'm stoked to get this guy back on the show brought to you by manscaped and their lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com to get 20 percent off plus free shipping by using code digging deep 20 at manscaped.com coming off a stellar weekend at three palms it's raining ama to be pro rookie of the year bryce ford what's up pal thanks for joining us once again yeah thank you for having me on uh just been riding today and just been taking some time off just sort of soaking in what happened at three palms <laughs> yeah man it was a good weekend for you i appreciate you fitting this into your schedule obviously with uh you know obviously those days training days and stuff like that are crazy um uh, but yeah i mean right off the bat man you uh you're a second year pro now you just grabbed your th- third pro class podium of your, of your career but um i know you have some lofty goals so take me through uh the emotions that you're feeling on the podium there are you stoked as you should be because it's a freaking pro class podium or do you find yourself uh, like hungry for more, basically, even though Chad and Joel are legendary, um, you know, do you find yourself wanting to beat them or expecting to beat them or, uh, or are you not as happy as you think you should be um, because, you know, your goals are so big. Take me kind of through your emotions there after the races. No, for sure. Uh, After the race, I was, I was pretty stoked. I was actually got a little bit sick before the second moto, but I pushed through the second one, and I, I mean, a podium's a podium. I was excited. Um, Good. I would have liked to have done a little bit better in, in the second moto. In the first one, I made a big mistake, and I hit the hay bale, and I got stuck on it, which is part of it. But mm-hmm. uh, it was—I mean, it was a good day. I, I really enjoyed it. The first—the first qualifier, my uh, valve cover bolt came out, and my oil was leaking everywhere. So I only got two laps in that one, and. And then in the second one, I just did my thing and I was relaxed all day. I felt good. And then getting the podium just felt really good. And especially being the home, my home uh, track, it felt amazing. So it was, it was a good day. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, uh, the reason why I asked is because, you know, knowing that your goals are so big, um, you know, I was still hoping that you were able to enjoy the podiums because just like you said, I mean, a podium is a podium and that's, that's gnarly. You have to be gnarly to, to pull that off. So, um, and it's an absolutely stacked class. I mean, you're, you're kind of, uh, starting to feel like, um, maybe you're the guy that these riders are going to have to go through, um, you know, if they want that third podium spot. And that's a big deal. I think that that's a, that's a spot that so many ATV racing fans were focused on. Um, I know, you know, Daytona didn't go the way you wanted it to, but your speed was there. And uh, so, so it's really looking like, you know, you might be that guy, uh, you know, kind of trying to fill that void of the, the third podium spot that Thomas left behind. Yeah, for sure. To be honest with you, Daytona was really actually hard for me to overcome uh, working so hard and feeling so good earlier in the day, I, I felt like I won the heat race. And then I get on the gate and I had a, a little mishap and 
Mm-hmm. And just that day was really a disaster to me. I, I gave up halfway through the main event, which got me a sixth. I, I feel like if I would have went hard that whole main, I could have been fighting for the podium. But, I mean, it's part of it. We messed up there. But, I mean, to, to be a talk about the podium spot, I, I think that I'm a guy that's fighting for it. I, Nick Janusa has shown, like, incredible speed this year. He's up there. Yep. And one that really impressed me the second moto was Max Linquist. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I got in this like mental fog and I was like playing around the second moto and he started reeling me in. I would say probably four seconds a lap. So I just I just gotta stay focused and and just I mean do my thing. I feel like if I come to the race and I, and I do my thing every weekend, I feel like I know where I should be. Um, it might not be a podium every weekend, but that's that's the plan and and we're just gonna build from this and just keep going. Yeah. I mean, touching on Daytona, you know, when, when you have a bad day, like a, like a really bad day, it seemed like, uh, you know, you just had so many hurdles thrown at you so many curveballs, and to come out of there with a sixth, I mean, I, I still feel like, um, it seems like it could have been worse. Right. So you kind of dodged a bullet there. You showed some, some really good speed at, at Texas, pull off, a pull off a uh, podium there, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, so tell me a little bit about that day then there on Saturday, you told us a little bit about it, but I mean, it was a, it was a solid day from, or a really good day, I should say from beginning to end, you know, you were fast qualifier for a a bit before uh, ending up a strong third, you grabbed a whole shot, you gave Joel all he could handle at one point. And uh, at the start of one of those motos and uh, you know, you ended a great day uh, at the races on the podium. So tell me a little bit more um, about the, about the races themselves. Yeah, honestly, the day started off really good. Uh, this year, I've just been focusing mentally to just just stay relaxed, stay inside before before the first qualifier. And, and in the first one, like I said earlier, we had a little problem with the valve cover bolt. It came out. Um, and then I went to the pits, and I tried to make another lap, but I didn't get it. And I got, like, sixth. And and I knew that on that track that, that I'm pretty comfortable there. So I knew I could push a, a little bit different speed probably. Um, yep. The second one I came out, I did maybe one side lap, maybe not. I, I know I crossed the finish line probably first or second. And then I just did a hot lap and, and I came by and, and Mark gave me a pit board and it said first. And I was like, yes, uh, <laughs> that might've sort of mentally messed me up a little bit. Cause that's the only hot lap I did that, that uh, um, qualifying session. And then the next time I came around, I was second. And and honestly, I like second more. First is sort of like you're the chicken at the gate. Like you're the first guy to choose the gate. Right. Uh, so I don't really like that. But second was nice. Um, I tried one more lap. I got the same lap time. I made a little mistake. And then the last lap, Chad, I guess, snuck in a fast lap, which third, to be honest with you, qualifying that close to Chad and Joel, it's, it's, it's been a dream. So. Yeah. To be first would have been great. To be second would have been even better, but we'll, we'll settle with third and we'll just grow from that. Um, going into the first race, I, I was super calm, super ready. Uh, I've been practicing great starts at my house, so I know what, what the great does. Um, and then the first gate dropped and I hit the start perfect and, and pulled the start. I look over to my left after the first turn. And Joel's on the inside of me. I'm like, what? How did he do that? But anyways, he he got the start on me and he went inside. I went inside. And then I honestly got in this, this mental state where like, I pretty much have nothing to lose. Like I got in this, like this atmosphere that like, I felt like I should have been there. Like, you don't even have to worry right now. Just, just ride. 
and I started putting laps together and, and I was watching Joel ride and I, I would make a mistake, lose some time and then I'd catch back up. And, and I was like, I guess, really excited. Once I got off the track, I, I was super tired. Um, I, I'm assuming it was just from the adrenaline, yeah. uh, but that was a super good first moto. And then the second moto, I lined up next to Joel. He was uh, to the left of the, the box and he's like, this is the whole shot. And I'm like, all right, we'll see. And I, I, the gate dropped and I popped the wheelie in second, popped the wheelie to third and then just ended up pulling the start. And in that start, I, I blew the turn again, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to let this happen <laughs> twice. So I pretty much held it to the inside of the next turn and then stalled it on the inside. And uh, Joel, Joel, thank God for him went outside and he passed me because I, I stalled it there, but mm-hmm. um, I got it to refire and I was in second and Chad was behind me and I was just thinking like we could be an idiot and throw this away or, or be smart with this. And, and Chad was putting pressure on me and I sort of took a really bad line before the whoop section. I went like inside of the outside and it was, it was pretty hideous. Um, and he passed me there and then I just rode my race and, and honestly might've slowed down a little bit too much at the end. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it was a super good day to get the podium. I mean, I know it's a third place, which is um, one of the worst places to get. But uh, it it I mean, for me, that it doesn't matter if it's third or first right now. It's it's getting the experience, getting faster each day. It's it's I mean, it's a great feeling. Absolutely, man. So I love to hear that because uh, every time you're in one of those scenarios, every time you're out there with those guys racing with those guys, I feel like um, the pace should be a little bit easier to find each and every weekend, I would think. And, you know, last year there at Three Palms, we saw you like have a burst of speed and, uh, you know, pass Chad back. Um, You know, it was for like a lap or two. You were in, you know, Mach 1's pace, I feel like. And then this year, you know, you put it together for a few more laps of that crazy, crazy speed. And, you know, like you said, you ran with Joel, you made up some time, you're running some faster lap times there for a few laps. And, you know, like, like I said, I mean, the more you do this, the more comfortable it's going to be, the more, you know, you can, uh, you know, you're kind of kind of, you're going to kind of just build up that muscle memory of, Hey, I can do this. Uh, I can run with these guys and kind of be in the mix. And that's how you put yourself in great position. So, um, I feel like, you know, there's so many great things ahead of you and I don't blame you for kind of taking it easy or whatever to, you know, kind of, you know, because a podium is such a, such a huge deal. And like I said earlier, I mean, coming off of Daytona, I'm sure it was great to just get out of there with third place points, a great points day for you. And, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, put that another podium this year under your belt, the first of the year. And now you can, um, you know, move on to bigger and better things going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just like you said, um, leaving Texas with a podium is definitely a nice feeling. I, I took a break for a little bit there, but now I'm I'm back after it again. And and honestly, it's uh, my like third day riding, and I feel really good right now. I just just got to keep after it. I can't get content with the third place because everyone else is working just as hard. So I just got to stay after it. I'm in a good place in points right now. I know it's only the second round, but it's yep. nice to be in in third. I think I'm close to second, which is Joel, but. Mm-hmm. I expect him to do his thing, but third place right now is a great place for me. And I just need to stay after it. Um, if I could ride like I do in practice though, I, I think I could give those guys a good run for their money. I just got to get more gate drops under my belt and just stay, 
stay there mentally. I'm, I feel really good physically, obviously, because Dom trains me and I, I ride quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel good physically. I just got to get there mentally. And, and it's just going to take a little bit of time. But hopefully we can get there as, as soon as I can and, and see where we stack up. But like you said, this year at Three Palms, I was with Joel for like 12, 13 minutes, I felt like. Um, yeah. So I felt super good. I just made that big mistake. And, and I just got to learn from it. You can't make a mistake. And actually, before the race, Dom's like, this track is going to not be about who's the fastest. It's going to be about who makes the most mistakes. And guess what? I was the guy who made the biggest mistake that day and I paid for it. I went from second to fourth, but uh, it's just, I just got to learn mentally. I got to be stronger and just stay, stay focused on the game and, and let it play out. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, I feel like, uh, you know, you made that mistake. You were able to overcome it. Still got out of there with a, with a podium finish, great finish. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, going forward, uh, it's all, it's all up for, it's all up from here. I mean, that was a great, uh, you know, kind of laying the foundation to build off of going forward. Uh, what about the Yamaha? Is that feeling like home at this point? Cause man, you look good on that thing. Yeah. To be honest with you in practice uh, last year on a Honda, I made probably five or six mistakes. And this year I've made probably one or two each time I practice. So, I mean, just the more practice I get, the more at home I feel, but, but like you just said, it, it like, I feel at home on this thing. I jump on it and I could probably, ride it with my eyes closed at this time. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, it feels super good. I feel super confident in it. I can come off of a jump crooked and I know what's going to happen. Sort of with the Honda, I felt unpredictable. But no, I feel super good going through whoops, everything, hitting jumps, turns. I mean, it all feels good. The only thing that I need to make sure I get some practice in before high point is on a dry slick track. And in our track, we're going to make it dry slick here in the next day. It just rained a lot, so we had to till it up. But Okay. We're going to make it dry slick and go from there and, and see what we got. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, I, you look right at home on the Yamaha and I figured that that's what you were going to say is that uh, I was starting to feel like home for you. So uh, next thing I want to talk about is on Sunday uh, created quite the, quite the stir uh, when you went to the gate for, for pro-am um, what went into that decision there? Um, to be honest with you, uh, I don't have a stock bike. And I know the only way to beat Joel and Chad is to get seat time. Mm -hmm. And I sort of went in there with the idea of like, I, I mean, like, this is my race bike. I'm just here to get seat time. Like if I could have got zero points for both motos, I would have done it. I know a lot of people are, are riding negative stuff online. I know Zach Decker, he took it really well, which I appreciate. Um, there are a lot of people though that are writing negative comments. And I, I think it's, it's honestly really sad. Some people are saying it's bad for the sport. Some people are saying it shouldn't be allowed. The rule book says it's allowed. Um, those guys are pro-am riders. I think that it can only help them. And I did it for myself to get more seat time. If I ever do it again, or not, if I ever do it again, I'll never do it again this year. Um, I'm going to get a stock bike built just to get gate drops and just to get seat time. Um, but I did it with no intentions to affect the class. And I feel like I, I didn't really affect the class. I went one, one, um, and didn't really touch anyone. So yep. I just did it to get more seat time. I didn't mean any, any harm to it. I didn't mean to embarrass anyone. I didn't mean to show off. I just, I just want to get more seat time. I know what Joel and Chad are doing. Like I watched them ride for 17 minutes, uh, three palms and I know what they're doing and I just got to, just beat it into my head and do it until it's like muscle memory. So I just did it to get practice. I didn't mean to, to upset the whole ATV racing nation. I mean, they're, they're mad at me no matter what I do, but no, I just, 
I just did it to get seat time and just to get better. Yeah, pal. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because um, in recent years, uh, the, the pro-am dynamic is different. But um, when I saw these people bitching, all I could think of is, man, this is how it's always been. Like in all the years that I raced pro-am, I had to race Cody yeah, Gibson. Just, Cody just Gibson. real quick. Yeah, the, the year Jeffrey Australia, he was on a Can-Am, and I think he was in, like, third in points, and right. he did it. Um, yeah. I know, like you said, Cody Gibson did it. Uh, there's There's been multiple guys who have done it, um, and I, I honestly, like, get why the people are mad because maybe it looks bad for the class because they got beat by so much, but it's literally helping them get in the pro class. It's showing them where they stack up. Yeah. So, like, I would take it as a learning curve. I know Brett Music, he's an – ex-pro but last year at muddy creek he signed up i really struggled to pass in there but guess what it taught me a lot um like if i was in the class i would be all for it it's a great stepping stone and a learning curve for these riders but you know you can't make everyone happy and and it just sucks because i never went out there with the intent to make more people pissed at the nationals <laughs> right exactly i mean again that's why i wanted to bring it up is so that you could kind of say that and i'd have an opportunity to say um you know and it hasn't been the case the last two or so years but in all the years prior to that people raced pro and pro am and like you said i mean jeffrey i was in the class at that time when you know you're seeing jeffrey at the front of the pro class and then you know guys like me who think they're going to you know we're racing pro am too will have a chance uh you know we had to race Jeffrey Rostrelli. Like I said, I had to race Cody Gibson in his prime. I had to race Josh Opperman when he dropped down to race Pro-Am a few races. I had to race Nick Janusa when he was a top five pro and Parker Wawerka and Ronnie and the, the list goes on. Those are guys that were, you know, top five-ish pros, but there was, you know, tons and tons of pros that also raced Pro-Am. I was one of them. Um, so I, I just wanted to be able to say that, uh, you know, um, if those guys wouldn't have been in there, yeah, like I would have racked up a bunch of, you know, a bunch more podiums, you know, some yeah. wins and stuff, but this is nothing new. This is something that's been going on for the longest time. And like you said, uh, it's not something that you're going to do long-term. It was kind of a one-time thing. I'm sure that you going and doing it at Texas at your, you know, your kind of area, your track down there, that played uh, a role in that. And like you said, you didn't get in the way of, um, of anybody's points, battles, anything like that we know it's the first race for that class but you went out there you went one one now you're gonna you know go do other stuff so you don't uh you know you don't piss anybody else off but you did nothing wrong like you absolutely yeah. did nothing wrong yeah for sure and like you said like like a bunch of pros have done it in years past and, and like like i said i woke up sunday morning and i think like the 10th practice was on the track or big bike little bike the last round sure. and i was like dad, I want to go race pro-am just for seat time. That's literally the idea I had in my head. And it's, it's sort of sad how misinterpreted it gets or, or you see these keyboard warriors online about probably 20 of them just, you know, saying negative things. And it's like, I'm just trying to get better. I want to, I want to eventually win one day. And, and this is what it's going to take seat time. So, and I saw the opportunity, like you said, I had a super fun day Saturday and I just couldn't get enough of it Saturday. So I was like, Let's do it again Sunday. And, and it was a good day too. So I just did it all for fun and all for seat time and just to try to get better to catch Joel and Chad. And, mm -hmm. and it's sad how, how misinterpreted it got. But, hey, if it makes everyone that pissed, I might do it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, anyways. 
Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we preach on every one of these episodes that it's all about having fun. So, um, you know, that you going out there to have some fun, try to try to, you know, get some seat time and stuff like that, improve your yourself, but to have some fun at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's, that's ATV racing in its purest form. Um, you know, you made the most of it. You went one, one, you, you won by nearly 30 seconds in both motos, but, uh, there was no, no bad intentions there. Nothing like that. Uh, so I feel like, uh, we tied that up nicely. That's all we got to say about that so next up is is high point um last time we were there you were still on a 250 and i believe i remember uh you battling with max linquist that weekend uh, at least in one of the motos i, I swear uh, i can still see that uh uh that memory in my head what are your thoughts on high point as we uh we shift our focus to the next round here yeah me and max actually had really good battles there he was leading me for i remember three and a yeah. half three and a half laps out of the four lap and I passed him uh, right Going before to, the downhill before right, the finish. Yep. I, um, was, I was standing right there on the fence and I remember seeing that yeah. pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, there's definitely some, some bad history there. I, I know he was pretty <laughs> upset about the pass, but anyways, that's, that's long gone uh, high yeah. point. I mean, it's going to get dry slick and, and we're going to see what we can do. I definitely need to get some practice on dry slick and, and just keep doing my thing, work on starts work on it all um but i'm super excited i'm gonna come in here and i'm gonna ride every day and work out every day that i can mm. uh, and just give it my all this year i like you said earlier i have i have a lot of personal like self goals um but each weekend if i just want to come into the track 100 and i want to put that effort all into that day and just see where we're at because last year i felt like sometimes i gave up on myself and and at the 15 minute mark of the moto. And I just, I don't want to do that. I lost Texas, the second moto by 41 seconds. I gave up. Um, I just want to come in and just give it my 100% all and, and see where we stack up and just get closer to those guys. And, and hopefully uh, compete for a moto win. If, if at high point, that's great. If after that, then let's do it. How do you feel on uh, those, those types of conditions at high point, the, the hard pack blue group stuff. Do you like that? Uh, I mean, on a Honda or a 250, I, I loved it. Um, on a okay. Yamaha, I'm definitely going to have to chill out a little bit so I don't end up on my head or bend the steering stem. Um, but no, uh, I mean, I like, I like speed. So if blue groove fast, if that's what we're at, then let's do it. You know, I, I love to go fast. I love to go fast in cars, quads, anything. Okay. So what, uh, so the real question, should people be picking you as their tier one uh, rider and digging deep ATV MX fantasy? That's what I'm asking. Well, um, I think uh, some people picked me at Daytona and uh, sort did. of failed them. So they didn't pick me at Texas, but I think I picked it back up. But um, that's, hey, some, that's, some people that's up to them. If they want to take the gamble, I think it's a, it's a risky gamble, but it could pay off. Um, but if hey, you guys hey, don't. Some people did take you. But I will say, I tell people this all the time when they talk to me about this game, part of it is taking, you got to take a risk, right? Like one yeah. of these weekends, like if you were to win one of these things and somebody bets on you, like they're going to yard everybody in points. So I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm like my goal. I will not like give up until I win this season. I'm going to put it all, all into this season. So uh, if you pick me at high point and I win, Hey, good for you. Um, but I'm, I'm trying my hardest every week and every week in training. I don't, I don't treat it any different. Daytona was just a hideous event for me, but it actually so, sort of helped my season. We found a lot of little problems that we had in our program. 
Um, but now we got it figured out. But if you guys pick me at high point, I'm going to do my, I'm going to try my hardest. If you guys don't, I'm going to try my hardest to mess up your fantasy league. That's for sure. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. So you're playing the game with us. Uh, do you pick yourself for one? And uh, do you, uh, do you think about the game when you're out there on the racetrack? Um, so I actually, I've been watching you post about it and stuff. I haven't picked yet. I, I've just okay. been so focused, but, um, I at I point, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to play and, and we'll see. I don't know if I feel good or, I mean, obviously if I feel good going into it, I'm going to pick myself, but okay. I just don't want to play with myself mentally and do something stupid because <laughs> I'm still young and I'll probably be worried about fantasy more than racing. <laughs> no, but Hey, if I pick myself going in, hopefully I try a little bit harder and can pull off a win, but I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying for a moto win. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to put myself through it and get it done. Yeah. That's the next thing to, to check off the to-do list. So uh, last question before we, uh, before we get you out of here, it's a fun one. Um, so you were a good uh, basketball player before focusing full-time on your professional racing career. So tell me uh, who you played basketball, like, like whose game did you mimic out there on the court? Um, uh, we played a lot of pickup games, actually, the last, the last year, uh, the Ford brothers racing team was an event. Um, okay. But who I, I mean, who I like is LeBron James, obviously, just because the way he, he carries a team and all that, but who yeah, I play too. like, I like a Steph Curry that can just pull up from anywhere. I would, I mean, I would shoot threes. I, I love threes. I love, I just think like shooting a three is way cooler than a layup uh-huh. or a, but I was sort of an actually an awkward height in high school. So I, I would play like power forward sometimes and it was actually sort of lame, uh, but I love to shoot. I mean, threes, whatever. Uh, but yeah. Hey, uh, a four a power forward that can shoot threes though. That's, that's valuable. So yeah. That's like, sure. yeah, it's pretty legit. Uh, yeah. It's like a Draymond green or someone like that. But, yeah, th- yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I'm a LeBron fan too, but I love when, uh, love when your mom would post some, some pictures or videos. I mean, of, uh, you know, your basketball days and stuff. I love to just see, you know, we know, we know you as a, as an ATV, you know, a fast ass ATV racer for as long as we've known you, but to see you play other sports, see that, uh, competitive nature and aggression and all those things in other sports. I just, uh, I enjoy that. So I wanted to, I, this, that's a question I've wanted to ask you the last few times that we've had you on. Um, so, so I'm glad to get it in here this time. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's one story about actually we played a pickup game. Dom was on the other team. I was on the other team and, and okay. Dom to be real with you is a pretty good basketball player. He really? he might shoot like a, like a crazy man and have a weird <laughs> form or whatever, but Hey, I can tell you right now, we were dropping threes that night. I think we probably both had like 50 points and, and Nick Janusa was in this game, Wesley Wolf. So if you ever okay. get any of them on, ask him, ask Dom. He was, okay. I mean, he's like pretty good. He's okay. a big guy, a goofy guy, but he, he was getting after it and scoring some threes. We were actually going back and forth. It was, it was a really fun time. Um, but yeah, it was just, that's a story that. I don't tell many people, but it was like, it was super fun back in the day. Yeah. You got to love when you get, uh, get some people together. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, it's going to be competitive sooner. You're going to have some fun. Um, so yeah, glad that we could touch on that, but, uh, yeah, pal, we just want to congratulate, congratulate you again on an awesome, uh, showing at three palms. It's been amazing to watch your success here early in your pro career. And, uh, you're always one of my favorite interviews. So, um, like, like we've been talking about the next thing to check off the, the to-do list is a moto win and hopefully uh uh that comes soon so i can't wait uh for that to happen so we can bring you back on to talk about it 
Yeah, for sure. That's my goal, Cody. And then thank you for having me on the podcast. It's always a fun time. And hopefully we see you at uh, high point, the plus 25 champ, you know, <laughs> are you going to make it out? Or are you going to disappoint us again? No, uh, the, the plan is to go. I have not. I, uh, I said this on the last podcast. I have not ridden an ATV since I was at Three Palms last year. But um, yeah, hoping to hoping to get out to High Point and uh, have some fun. I, I really liked that uh, that track last time we were there. They really upped the up to the, uh, the game with the, with the racetrack and the layout and stuff. It was a lot better than the years prior. So, uh, yeah, that's the plan is to be out there and, uh, want to come by and I want to get myself a four brothers racing t-shirt. That's what I'm looking All for. Right. We'll hook you up. I've got on the podcast more than once, so we'll definitely hook you up with one, but no, anyways, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to high point. Hopefully I can make some people's days with this fantasy stuff, or I can kill some people's fantasy if I do something special. There you go, pal. Thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it so much. That's third place podium finisher, Bryce Ford, brought to you by Manscaped. Use code DIGGINDEEP20 at manscaped.com for 20% off. Thanks again, pal. We'll see you soon. We'll see you at High Point. Thank you, Cody. See you there. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. 
Check them out today at grippedgloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric, and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes, and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs from hard parts to riding gear. Bike Strikes and Quads also offers hard-to-find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the global leader in below-the-waist grooming and an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. To ensure that you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off and free international shipping. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 Electric Trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Ceramic blade, advanced skincare technology, waterproof capabilities, it's simply the best. And Manscaped's Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, a travel bag, deodorant, and soothing aloe toner. If you're listening, you know that good tools are key, so get the best tools for the job today. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. So I want to move on to another topic here. Uh, One of the last things I want to touch on here before we get you guys out of here. The other situation on Sunday was uh, Chad Weenan getting tore down after winning pro stock. Um, Casey, I got the gist. I didn't get any, any info from you ahead of time, but I wanted to make sure you could touch on this because I've been getting messages galore asking if we're going to touch on this. So Casey, what do you know about Chad getting tore down after pro stock? This wouldn't be a show if we didn't touch on it, right? I know. I mean, right. Let's go. Let's go there. So, okay. You, the last couple of years, I've heard it. I might have even said it. 
that that's how deep I'm going to go with this. We're going to dig into this thing. <laughs> okay. I might even say it like, what is going on? Like, how is Chad riding that stock machine? On, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the pulse real quick. We're gonna go right back to this. So, production B class, okay, was one on a complete stock Yamaha YFZ. Okay, so the kid that actually won the class is one of my riders. So this is a shameless plug for me. Okay. But here's the the bad part about it is I've never even seen that bike. I never even touched his shocks. But it's a complete stock bike. And when okay. he came to me, he's on a budget. It's Connor Brewer, good kid, good family. He came to me and he's like, I'm going to, I'm what he's moving up for 250s. What should I do? Buy a YFZ. Buy a complete stock bike, ride it as a practice bike, build yourself a race bike. Okay. Fast forward two months, he's kind of struggling to build his race bike you get what engine you know who do i go to for engine who do i go to for ignition you know or mapping and you know injection and all this above blah, blah, blah. i'm like dude just race a stock bike race production b and race the stock class if you if you beat people in the production b class you're a hero mm-hmm. right you're an absolute hero yeah, if you right. go out there and beat people in that class if you don't, you kind of got an excuse. You're on a stock bike. <laughs> That's fair. Race the stock class as your serious class. Build your other bike throughout the season and then come out next year and race the A class on a fully built bike. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're crazy. You want me to go race a mod class on a stock bike? Yes, I do. Yes. Keep your money, buy your shocks, buy your A-arms throughout the year, whatever you're doing throughout the year. Sure. Piece it all together because we're racing on a budget here. Yep. Okay. Shows up in Texas, wins the production B-class on a bone stock bike. That's amazing. Okay. So now we go into Sunday. We've watched Chad dominate this production pro class Yep. for the last few years. Joel goes out, pulls a little shot. Some technical difficulties, doesn't win. I've heard from people in the class that were very close to the competition mm-hmm. that Joel would have won that moto. We don't know what happened the second moto, blah, blah, blah. We go forward, Chad wins. Then we go to the second moto. Obviously, Joel can't race. They didn't bring another stock engine to put in the bike. They didn't even think it was going to be a problem. It was, <laughs> I, I can see why. It was just yep. an it was a it was an unfortunate situation. Like you can ride them bikes for days and years without having an issue. So mm-hmm. shameless plug to Yamaha. Like it's a solid bike. There's an unfortunate situation that happened. He didn't finish. He didn't race second moto. He was already on a freaking airplane by the time the second moto happened. Okay. Chad goes out. Wins the second moto. Nick's had enough. For this is the first year Janusa's raced this class. Yep. And he says on the podium, and I'm not going to quote it exactly because it's been a couple weeks now. My memory's not that good, but he said something about I haven't raced this class over the last couple of years because I felt like there was an unfair advantage. So this year I'm going to race this class, and today 
I seen the unfair advantage. Before that sentence was completely out of his mouth, Max Linquist was standing at the podium. And this is crazy. And this is no disrespect to Nick. Because I respect the shit out of him for saying something sure. that a lot of people have been thinking for they a have. while. Oh, they've, they've it, it's been, it's no been, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's no secret. Everyone's been thinking that Chad's cheating and they have the inside and this and that. And and we're my story's gonna end at some point and we're gonna see the result of what actually happened. But yeah, Max was standing at the podium and he says, I'll trade you plastic because Nick wasn't so mad that Chad beat him. I think, and I don't know this for a fact, and I, I would call Nick right now and ask him this question because we're good enough that I can ask him this question. Sure. I think Nick was more mad that Max Lindquist beat him. Sure. By by the gap that he beat him. Okay. And that's where I think his comments stem from. Okay. But hats off to Nick for just saying something. I got, I got mad, mad respect that he actually said that. But what I thought was the craziest and the coolest part of it is Max was at the podium like, hey, we'll just trade plastics. You ride my bike next race, I'll ride your bike. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Yeah. Now, where it really comes into is Chad took serious offense to it. Yep. And I don't think it was actually directed at Chad. Sure. More than it was directed at Max. But obviously, Chad's going to reap the the negativity, I guess you would say, because... Mm -hmm. Max and Chad are pretty much riding identical bikes, which is just a stock showroom bike. Right. Um, Chad did the same thing. Walked straight down to Nick's pits, said, here's my bike. You ride my bike at the next race. That didn't obviously transpire. Here's protest me. Just call me out. So just to settle the debt in, in the situation, Max protested Chad. From what I know, as of right now, and I and I haven't made any phone calls because I already knew the answer. Yeah, was Chad was completely legal. Mm -hmm. Everything's good. Chad rides a stock bike very well. Yep. Now, let's watch the pro results on Saturday. Let's watch the pro results and the stock class on Sunday. Max rides a stock bike very well. I had a conversation with the Linquists about the changes that they made to their Sunday race program versus their Saturday program. And it was all digested on the momentum that you carry on a stock machine versus on your race machine. And that's why Max ended up second. So the question is answered. Chad's not cheating. Max not cheating. Mm -hmm. The question's answered. So, so now we can put all that to rest. We put a claim rule in. And, and I told Chad this when they were following the protest, because Chad was obviously very aware of Max following the protest just to put it to rest. That's it was, all it was. It was to prove a point. Exactly. It was to prove a point. So Max filed the formal protest. And I looked at Max and I said, well, if he's cheating, congratulations, you won. And Chad giggled. Yeah. Literally, like he giggles. And I'm like, it's the truth. Yep. But that that's the reality of it. There There's things that you can do to that machine. And Chad Road rides the machine very well. Max rides the machine very well. Joel rides the machine very well. I think we're going to see 
a very competitive race between Chad and Joel on stock machines. Mm-hmm. What I go back to is watching results from last year and another shameless plug to go to the Yamaha thing is the lap times that those guys were turning even last year Sick thing. on stock machines. They're running the same lap times, if not just a little bit better than the pro mod class. The pro mod class was designated as a hybrid class. Mm-hmm. You could run a dirt bike engine in a com- complete custom chassis. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what do I know? No, you're, you're exactly right. So Jamie from PP performance tuning was the, the first one that kind of brought this to light for me. I had no idea it was anything that went on and yeah, I mean, he, he straight up said, I mean, obviously uh, Chad was hundred percent legal. There was no surprise there uh, to me anyway, but I know like, I'm glad all this went down because this has been something that's been talked about for well over a year since the beginning of last year, or even previously to that, this is something that everybody believed. It was like, they could not believe that Chad or those guys at the front of the pack, um, Thomas, I guess would have been in it at the time were able to go as fast as they were going on those stock bikes. And yeah, I mean, Chad got tore down. Um, like I said, he was a hundred percent legal. He, I, I, I can't imagine people actually thought that they were going to find that Chad was cheating under, I mean, they must think he's stupid, but, uh, Chad, you know, wanted to clear the air. His bike was already in his trailer. Uh, Jamie said in the, in the rig and, uh, he made a point to take it out and clear the air. So, um, we needed to touch on that I, at the, at the, how are you going to be a factory supported rider and cheat? Exactly. And cheat. See, and this it, is, it's simple. Yep. And there and there's rules in that class, and there's lines in that class that you can get very close to. Yep. Everyone's gonna push to that line, and Chad is not pushing. Like Chad is pushing to that line, but he's mm-hmm. completely legal, and yep. that's it. Just exactly. is what it is. Exactly. He's good. See, and my my dad taught me at a very early age that if you ever get caught cheating for the rest of your life and then recounting the races previous to that, people are going to say that you're a cheater. So, oh yeah, yeah. You know, he won seven championships, but yeah, he was probably cheating. No, they were never going to find that Chad Weenan was cheating. So, uh, I got accused of having nitrous (laughs) when I was working for Baird, literally a guy came up and, and rest his soul. He's no longer with us. And he, he was a good friend of mine, but people had talked so much that it built this head of steam okay. to where he finally manned up. And I shook his hand. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Someone finally manned up because when it, when I went from being a factory guy, yep. mechanic for Natalie and Doug Gus and these guys to being an amateur mechanic, yep. the rider I went to go work for was already winning before I got there. Right. <laughs> I didn't make him a winner. Like he was successful. Yeah. He was winning by 25, 30 seconds at a time every weekend, anyways. Sure. I came in and just kept the program moving and, and we did great things. And the kid won a lot of races. But at one point in time, we got protested for having nitrous. <laughs> and, and and I hope the people that are listening right now are that stim this up or brood this up in their own minds are uh-huh. listening right now sure. because they know and I, and I proved everyone wrong that day and obviously we didn't have nitrous <laughs> like 
you don't you don't put nitrous on a two stroke like you can but we're not going in a straight line for 180 foot like uh-huh. we're going four or five laps around a lot of feet you know in a, so, youth, in a youth class <laughs> if, if if i would have cheated lane's legacy as an amateur rider and we don't know what lane's future is going to bring and lane's a very talented rider i think lane needs to be an f1 car if you want to ask me a serious question of a rider that has hand-eye coordination the only person i've ever met that has the same hand-eye coordination that lane baird does is bryce ford at 10 years old, I could be sitting in a chair and Lane could be standing there telling a story or just being goofy-ass Lane that he is, and I could throw a water bottle at his face and he could catch it. Jeez. Bryce Ford is another one that has that talent. Another very famous race is Blake Baggett. Mm-hmm. He could do the same thing. So racing is a lot of hand-eye coordination. Sure. Lane, Lane Baird has the hand-eye coordination to be a Formula One driver. Wow. Um, Lane was exceptionally well with a very well-backed program. The kid won a lot of races. We didn't have nitrous. So the cheating thing is sensitive to me, but I'm not going to lie. Like, there was times where I'm like, how is Chad at, let's just call it 200 pounds. I don't know what Chad weighs. Mm -hmm. How is he doing what he's doing against riders like Thomas Brown 175 pounds. Mm-hmm. How is he pulling him out of corners and down straightaways? Yeah. It's momentum, people. It's momentum. Yeah. Like and he I, just it, does it. And I think you can see it when Chad is riding that thing. Like you can see that he keeps his crazy momentum. He's manipulating his body in crazy ways to keep the speed up. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, we don't need to dive into that anymore, but uh, glad that we could touch on that. So, uh, we, I want to tie a bow on this thing. Um, up next is high point. Uh, we're returning back to the legendary Pennsylvania track for the first time since 2018. And the racing was incredible out there. The last time, um, that the, the series went there in 18 with some, some really good track changes and stuff like that. So really good racing. Last time we were out there, Jason, uh, I'll ask you first, um, what rider riders are you focused on? Uh, no, you probably won't be there in person, but um, who are you looking, you know, forward to? Who are you going to be focused on 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 the the performance that they're going to put in when we get to high point? I guess my two my two probably bullseye riders that are I I think for sure I know Bryce is super hungry. I mean he's 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 real hungry. So uh, and week in and week out he's he makes phone calls to try to figure out different niches and. Sure. I, I had a, I had his machine here for a couple of weeks this winter, and that he's they're making changes every week. I mean, it's it's incredible. So I know he's working his tail off down here. He's training a lot. He's they're making changes on the machine, um, and I, I know he's hungry. Uh, after last round, I'm really really impressed with Max Linquist. Uh, Max Linquist, and uh, I think I, I guess I haven't gotten to watch him on on that sort of track yet. I, I feel like three palms is a little bit maybe more technical and uh, you know, but I think like Casey's saying, I mean, momentum's going to carry you. I think obviously we have a pretty decent break here, so maybe it's not as much momentum just race to race, but uh, th- those two are my, my kind of uh, two guys that I think are going to definitely push it. 
And I really, I kind of hope just for the sake of getting more excitement up on that podium, I, I really hope they both get good starts. I hope they press Joel and Chad. I mean, teach their own. I, both of those guys, I, I, I enjoy watching. I think they both have incredible talent, but I kind of really want them to get up there and, and put in their speed early and, and keep with it, not make mistakes. So it's, it's, those are my guys that I'm really pushing for. And I, I know Nick too. I, I didn't talk to Nick when he left the race, but I, I was watching him talk to Chad. And uh, I, I know Nick is, he's got some fire in him. He's definitely going to go out there and push it. And, and he's got the speed to be up on that podium as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I know that, uh, that Casey's going to go in another direction here and riders that he's going to want to look at, but, uh, two interesting names when you, uh, you know, kind of link them together like that with Max Lindquist and Bryce Ford, because they were in a gnarly battle to the death in the, the two fifty class last time that we raced at that track. So that'll be, uh, that'll be fun to maybe restoke that fire. What about you, Casey, who are uh, a couple guys that you are uh, going to be focused on and, and expecting big things out of at high point? I mean, obviously, like, I'm expecting Joel. It's a PA race. It's a hard-packed, off-camber race. Mm-hmm. So it, it suits his his strong points greatly. Yep. Um, I may or may not have a considerable amount of money <laughs> on this race. I'm a gambler. Um, <laughs> I'm a gambler. I've said it over and over again, like, let's go. But, um <laughs> What I'm really looking for, like, I'm going to step outside of the pro class because I, okay. unfortunately, like, we're, we're professionals. Like, we all do this, but we don't go. I'm looking at Ian Juca in the 250 class. He showed very well last year in PA at um, Pleasure Valley. Pleasure Valley. Sure. He did very well there. I think Ian's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the 250 class. Um, we can't shy away from Mason Jackson in the 250 class. I think I'm almost more excited about the 250 class than I am um, the pro class at times. Okay. And then um, another rider that I'm looking for big things would be Blair Miller. Um, He didn't get to really showcase a couple little issues happen in at three palms for him. He didn't get to like his, his weekend on paper was terrible, but if you actually watched him race through the weekend, and this is a rider that he is one of my riders. He's a new rider to my program this year. Sure. And um, we were down in Florida and he come and tested and like he stayed in my hotel with me. And like, there's not many like 17 year old riders that I'm going to let like our 17 year old people, people kids yeah. right. stay with me at my hotel. And, he's just a, he's a different maturity. He's kind of like a Max Lindquist. Like he's got a lot of maturity mm-hmm. and I'm like, Hey, just come over, stay with me. No big deal. He's a really mature rider. And what I think we're going to see out of him is progressively he's going to get better and better in this pro-am class. But I flat out told him like, Hey, just race a class this year, win a championship win you know two championships or whatever it is and honest to god until the first moto dropped a pro-am on saturday i thought he was racing a class he's (laughs) one of my riders right he never told me but i think he took and, and i hope he didn't take that i doubted him i just wanted him to go after winning an actual you know win the championship and then move into pro-am 
sure. where last year, like he did very well in A, but I felt like he could have done another year. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's paying off into my in in my benefit because I got Aaron Salinas doing very well in pro am. Blair's going to do very well in pro am, and then Dane Molander is doing very well in A class. Mm-hmm. And then you know Dane Molander won the B class last year and and did very well in two fifty. And then now this year I got Christopher Paris. So not trying to shameless plug like sponsored riders over and over again, but it's just watching watching history move itself along. But I, yeah, I think yeah. um, going into the amateur side of it, I think we're going to see good things out of uh, Ian Juca, Mason Jackson, and Blair Miller. I think Dane Molander is going to do very well again mm-hmm. in the A class. So I'm, I'm excited. Honestly, I get more excited almost to watch these amateur guys because I see what it's doing. I've obviously cannot predict the pro class because nope. I'm 96th in fantasy. <laughs> so I'm freaking terrible, but um, oh, I like to watch the excitement and the amateur stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm in ninth and digging deep ATVMX fantasy. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I still, you know, it, it's so close to call. There's so many good. I'm guys. 96th. <laughs> I don't want to hear your, your ninth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think I got a good feeling about how, how I'm going to do. I think that you might be, I mean, these are impact solutions riders that I think uh, you can expect big things out of, um, at, at high point. I mean, Joel has always been dominant at high point. He's phenomenal on that style of racetrack. Like we kind of referenced, uh, Jeffrey Rastrelli, like you referenced at the very beginning of the show. When I think of Jeffrey Rastrelli and some flash rides, you obviously the, the very first one that pops up is that 2018 ride in moto one at high point where he passed Chad and damn near won the first moto that day. Um, if you, you know, want to snubbed it and, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see him out there at high point. This is such a different style of racetrack than, uh, obviously the tracks that we've, um, seen these guys race on up till now. So I'd like to see if he could create, uh, recreate some, some of that high point magic and also Brandon Hogue, uh, last time, you know, we were out there, uh, he went on a crazy crazy, you know, late race run in pro-am moto two to take the win there. I, I don't know what position he was in, but he went from like fifth to first in the last, like two laps of the race or something like that, uh, like that. So, uh, he's a guy I'll be focused on as well. Maybe he can kind of, uh, write the ship here in 2021 and, uh, maybe he can tap into that high point magic as well, but those are all impact solutions riders. Um, and, uh, maybe all four works riders too, but those are going to be guys, uh, that, that, and I know Casey, I feel like you like to like to like to, uh, you know, you're a gambling man, but you might like to bet with your heart. And, uh, so maybe, maybe that, that'll be okay. Um, at high point. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, maybe I'm a little biased to like my riders or whatever, but at the same time, like I'll no call, sh- no shame. In I'll that. call the kettle black. Like if, if there's someone that I feel is going to beat one of my riders, I'll, I'll give them the credit all day long. Right. Um, when I do these, you know, when I do this podcast and do the digging deep show, like I, I speak not always politically correct. I don't always just go with what I feel like my writers are going to do. I I try to lay my true opinion or my, my true thoughts and my heart out there. So don't Mm -hmm. ever, you know, for the people that are listening, don't, don't ever think I'm just biased to my guys. Like, 
these are guys that I've sort of hand selected over the years mm-hmm. that I feel a lot of faith in. I just happen to be lucky enough to be able to work with them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I was, I was obviously uh, just giving you a hard time, but uh, yeah, man, I think that the, not just you, not just you, it, it, it's Tim <laughs> deeper right. for sure. Right, right, right. Well, uh, I think that that's going to put a wrap on this for us guys. I think uh, we pretty much covered everything as much as you could possibly cover it. And I uh, just want to take this opportunity to thank you guys both for, for supporting the podcast. Thanks to impact solutions for hopping on board with us now. And uh, thanks to you, Jason and your family. Um, the four works family for supporting us from the very beginning. Uh, just thanks for everything that you guys do for me and everything that we're trying to build here at digging deep. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Um, you know, to share your opinions and expertise, both of you, uh, just, uh, really appreciate it so much. I can't thank you enough for the time. I mean, we're damn near two hours in here. I, I swore up and down, we were going to keep this short and it's nearly impossible when you get, uh, some guys together that, uh, enjoy ATV racing as much as we we do. So, uh, Jason, I uh, just want to address you first and, and thank you for, uh, everything you do for me, everything you do for the show. And thanks for being a part of this. It's, uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate, uh, everything you do for the sport as well. And, uh, we'll keep helping you out as long as this thing goes. And, uh, I, I appreciate, uh, you putting so much effort in this Casey, you as well. I know, uh, you, you both are like, you know, way more facts about this, the history and m- maybe my memory doesn't, uh, work as well for this stuff but uh thanks to you guys for putting in a really good uh good effort and and telling everybody what goes on behind the scenes and and uh we'll we'll keep following along and hopefully i can be on again yeah, you're always welcome here, pal. But give yourself a little credit. I mean, you're you're a lifelong ATV racing guy yourself as well. So give yourself a little uh, credit. No, I I follow every weekend even if we can't watch it uh, in person. We we watch live timing. We try to look through all the pictures and we follow it pretty good and we'll stay, uh, stay deep in the sport and we'll always support ATV racing. Um, but, uh, unfortunately my mind goes a million miles an hour with everything <laughs> going on. So, but, uh, but we appreciate everything and, uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, like I said, I think, uh, think, uh, you need to give yourself a little more credit cause you were a ATV racing guy. I think you were, you were a customer of my dad's 20 years ago or whatever. So, uh, oh, yeah. so yeah, you, was- you've been around it for forever too. Yeah, for sure. I remember remember being in there when I was a, a 16, 17-year-old kid just looking at the walls, w- wishing I could afford what was on those <laughs> walls. But uh, it, it's neat to be on the other side of the fence now, just helping everybody out and, and making my dreams come true and being a part of it. Hey, and this is, this is something that, uh, before we get out of here, this is something that I've always thought was really cool. Um, you know, you create Four Works Carbon, you build this brand and, uh, you know, create four works carbon to what we know it as today. And it's such like a, like a cool factor thing, you know, like it's gotta be so cool for you to go to the races you have. I mean, the market share you have, I mean, there's every quad there has something four works on it, right? Damn near. And uh, that's gotta be a really cool thing. Cause again, it's like, you have the cool factor, like four works carbon is the, is the, is one of the things you have to have on your bike to complete the project. That's gotta be pretty cool for you. Yeah, for me, I've always been into the the flashier things, I guess. And uh, yeah, it is really neat. I mean, you f- you think about it and it's the first thing you notice usually when you look at something is, you know, the hood or the, the seat covers or whatever. And mm-hmm. and we, I, I work my butt off trying to make sure everything looks good and the quality is there. And, and uh, maybe to a fault, sometimes I don't let things go out of here unless uh, 
unless they're a hundred percent, but, uh, that's, that's how we're always going to be. And I know seeing my kids at the races now, they're, they look around and they think they, they look at me and they're like, dad, you're famous. You're famous. But honestly, because they think that because people run our stuff, they they've seen it since, you know, this was just a, an idea for me. So, yep. uh, it's, it's cool. And I'm a nobody when it comes to just being a normal person, but, uh, just, I just like being a part of the sport and I try to help out as much as I can. And, and I, I still see a lot of machines there that don't have our parts on it. And my goal is to kind of, uh, cast, cast the seeds to wherever they're not, but, um, hopefully everybody, you know, sees that we're deep into this and we, we believe in the sport and we truly are, you know, pushing for, to expand it even more. I mean, we, we're developing new parts all the time. We're, we're sticking money into this, uh, the ATV part, you know, industry and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just like Casey's doing with impact and Elka and all those guys. I mean, when you believe in something, you, you put your all into it. So that's, uh, we're going to continue to do that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, no higher quality parts when it comes to, uh, your demographic with seat covers and carbon parts and stuff like that. There's nothing that compares. So for a lot of years, um, obviously I've been grateful for your backing on a, on a personal level. And then to have you be a part of digging deep, it's been, uh, it's been an awesome marriage and, you know, now to have you on the show, uh, that's really cool too. So I just, uh, really appreciate all you've done for me and the show and everything else. And Casey, uh, like Jason just said, um, you know, you're in the same boat. This is a passion thing. All three of us love this sport so much. Uh, just appreciate, you know, you always giving me your time. Like I said, I told you on a call earlier today that I was going to keep it short. Um, but when, when we start talking racing, uh, I feel like, uh, that's an impossible thing to do. So I just appreciate you being a part of it. I appreciate, uh, impact solutions now coming on board in an official way. Um, and, the, the impact solution impact moment, all these things. So I just, uh, really appreciate you being a part of this going forward, hopefully, uh, even being more, more a part of it, uh, with, the, the segment and everything else. Yeah, and like to me, like just hearing like the passion with Jason, like just knowing what he's putting into it and just moving forward as we go and just seeing people like the people that are here now are the people that are actually really involved with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you told me earlier, like, oh, I just want to keep it a short show. And I kind of laughed at you. (laughs) <laughs> um obviously not way. obviously not a short show it, if you're gonna bring me on it's gonna be a long show like i don't care yeah. like um hey, you hey. like to talk i like to talk like we're gonna go and we're gonna go and i'm not gonna stop <laughs> until i get done saying what i want to say and until someone tells me different that they don't like to hear like what's right. coming out I don't really care. So, hey, so but, I feel like, I feel like it's few and far between, but I do get people that message me that are like, Hey, love the show a little long sometimes, but I do like it. I'm like, <laughs> Hey man, just like break it up. Listen to a half hour, stop pick it up, you know, next time you hop in your car or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel no, like take the, take the long way home then. <laughs> That's all I feel like I love, I'm a podcast guy. So, you know, more, the more, yeah. the better, but, uh, as long as we're not on here, you know, uh, talking about nonsense, but I feel like it's really high, high quality stuff. And that's thanks to guys like you both, uh, for coming on and talking about it. No. And like, I want to thank Jason, like just for being involved in the program, like in the sport, as much as he is, mm-hmm. I I'm, 
I still need that TRX 90 hood that we talked about in three palms. Like that thing is fire. Like it's so unreal. Like, and I only, I only know of one person that has it. It's uh, the shadows. They have it on their 90 for Jameson, but I'm like, there's nothing done to my TRX 90, but I'm going to have that hood. So uh, as we'll, soon as Jason we'll get... says like, Hey, this is, it's ready. Like I'm buying it now, but yeah, um, we, we, we got it. We got it set aside for you, Casey. Just hit <laughs> me up and we'll get it up. We'll get it over to you. Yeah. Like it just the, the passion in the sport is stupid. It, the people that are involved are, are real. And you know, if you're a fan, if you're a racer, whatever it is, like support the people that are supporting it. That's all I ask. Whether you use, you know, Impact Solutions and myself or Jason or another brand or whatever, you know, if you use different shocks or different products, like just be involved because we're all here for the same reason. And and I really feel that we're this far deep into this stuff now that there's really not rivalries. Like I don't dislike my competitors. And I think Jason's in the same boat and Cody, like you're pretty much standing alone in the elite, <laughs> in the elite, elite situation. But like, we're not, we're rivals. Like we're com- competition to each other, but we're not out there just like, Oh, don't do this because of this. Like none of us are doing that stuff. Like, let's just, Let's just go do our things. And I know there's people at the races, like if I can't be there or even for Jason, like if he can't be there, like we have each other's backs. Like I've done stuff favors for my competition and my competition has done favors for me. And I think that's honest to God between that and just the family atmosphere that we gain from what we're doing is why I continue to do what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. ATV racing is a family. That's a wrap. Uh, again, just want to thank you guys. You guys rock and uh, look forward to having you guys on again soon. Now stay tuned for tonight's final guest, Poland's own AMA ATV Pro Class Rookie, coming right up. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. 
All right, guys, our final guest of the night is someone I'm super excited to learn more about. Brought to you by Blender's Eyewear. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at Blender'sEyewear.com for 20% off the world's coolest and most affordable eyewear. Say hello to pro class rookie, Poland's own Vitek Nekenyak. Did I say that right? Say it for us. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Vitek Natkanets. Yeah, you got it quite right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, I just got done telling you before we hit record on this thing. I get, got a little nervous. I wanted to make sure I did it right, but it's VTech. Uh, no more Ytech, even though a lot of uh, a lot of people here in the states uh, have been saying Ytech, but it is VTech. So hopefully, a uh, little more VTech than Ytech going forward here after the podcast here, pal. But uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to the United States. Uh, we're we're pumped to have you here on Digging Deep. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Like I've been watching your show for, uh, for a long time and, you know, it's really cool to be here and really appreciate it. So awesome. Cool experience, man. Awesome. And I've heard a lot of great things about you. I've heard that, uh, you know, you're a, a good young kid with a good head on your shoulders, super nice guy. So <laughs> I'm super, super excited to bring you on. And so people can learn some of, uh, you know, your personality, what you're about, what this whole process, uh, you know, coming from the other side of the world is like. So uh, really cool to hear uh, some of that. But full disclosure, um, you, we never really know what to expect uh, when foreign riders come over here to the States. I mean, these are the, these are the fastest guys on earth, as you know. Um, and, and honestly, man, you've been killing it. You've, you've had a, a ninth and a 12th so far. Great job on that. And you should be really proud. So, uh, first of all, um, what has it been like and what has the process been like getting over here to the United States? When did the, when did the plan, um, you know, first start for you, uh, to, to come over here? What, when did that idea come about? Yeah, so, you know, the whole idea of coming into the United States, oh, it started uh, a long time ago. So the whole journey has been pretty crazy for me with the COVID stuff going on. Man, like, it's been, it's been incredible. So, like, uh, the first thoughts about coming into the U.S., uh, I've had them in, like, 2016. Okay. Uh, that's the year that I also switched to racing dirt bikes. So... Uh, some people don't know I was racing dirt bikes for three years uh, and then I returned to the, to the ATV scene. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first thoughts about the US trip, I had them uh, yeah, in 2016. But then when I switched to bikes, you know, just kind of, uh, kind of all changed for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like then uh, when, when I returned and I did the Polish championship last year okay. and I wanted to do the Europeans, um, the European Championship in the ATV motocross uh, this season. But, you know, with the COVID and stuff, uh, people saying that it will not happen. And I was like, you know, maybe just I will try to give it a shot with the US because it's been my dream since I was a kid. And like, mm -hmm. man, I was like kind of, if I don't pull the trigger on this one at that time, it might never happen again. The opportunity like this might not ever happen again. So sure just decided to, you know, just, just send it and try it out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome, man. I, and I love to have that kind of international flair at the races. I mean, it's awesome to have, you know, you, um, you know, coming from Europe and being here at the races, it's just an added element to the, the pro class that I think is really special. Um, so then you're in Florida, right? You're staying in Florida. Tell me about like what your training is like, where you're riding um, and all that stuff. Tell me what that, your, your kind of week, like what your preseason was like, and then what your week to week process process is like right now yeah so like i live in banel uh that's like 30 minutes from daytona mm -hmm. so i had a really close uh, close way to, to my first race 
but yeah, it's been really cool. Uh, the whole process. I try to write as much as possible, and uh, you know, that's. I'm just so glad to have an opportunity to, to train with the fastest guys in the world. Like I train with Chad a lot, with Chris Boric, uh, with you know, just fast guys like this. Like I've rode with Jeffrey Rastrelli, with with Joel on training. So. You know, just just the opportunity to be able to learn from the best guys in the sport, like that's that's really really cool for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I try to uh, learn the most that I can out of every single training that I go. So basically, uh, if I don't ride, I either do like recovery stuff or just you know some general uh, fitness stuff, like training in general, like cardio training or like fitness core strength. You know, just some general stuff. To be better every day and to to use the time out here the best that I possibly can. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so you, I mean, I kind of want to know like what it was like to move here from Poland. So you're yeah. four thousand plus miles away from home. Oh you, yeah, definitely. That's you, that's far. Yeah, and you and you start. You know, you're you're here. So like the move is a big enough thing, and then to be in a new country, kind of a new world, that's a whole nother aspect. And then to have to start racing the fastest guys on ATVs in the world throughout that, and then hold your own. Like all of that is is such a big ordeal. Um, has it been what you expected? Like has America been what you expected? Has has racing uh these races been what you expected oh man i would say it's it's even more or even better than i expected like that whole experience is just crazy the first two weeks out here that was that was so intense like you know finding a place to live an apartment buying a car like figuring everything (laughs) out you know finding myself in a new place because i'm here with you know only by myself so Sure. Like I'm, I'm dealing with all the, uh, with all the stuff with the bikes and stuff. So I'm not really a professional mechanic. I don't really <laughs> trust myself with wrenching. Okay. So that's a little bit sketchy, but like, uh, yeah, the whole process was, was really tough. And, uh, I've also had a funny situation. I was, uh, when I got here for the first couple of days, I was living in a hotel, you know, uh, figuring stuff out. Uh, then I was able to find a pretty cool deal on Airbnb and I was living at that place uh, for like maybe a week or two. Okay. And uh, the people I, I was living with were vegan. So uh, I don't have anything against, against vegan, but I like to, you know, eat a good steak or stuff. <laughs> sure. So I, I didn't do it because uh, I didn't really want to upset the people and, you know, just try to be as nice as I can for them mm-hmm. because they were really good people. Of course. And, uh, you know, the, the guy were like super extreme about his vegan stuff and stuff. Okay. So he was like, dude, you can't even cook spaghetti. You know, like literally he, he didn't want me to put spaghetti into the pot. So he was like, you know, if you do this, then I will have to throw away the whole pot. And I'm like, dude, that's the next level of, you know, vegan eating. No, no kidding. So, yeah. And then I found uh, the place where I'm in right now, the place in Banel. Mm-hmm. So I found it by accident. Uh, my car, my car broke uh, and I went to the mechanics and, you know, just started a small, small talk uh, with a land- lady who was working uh, at the mechanics. Okay. And, uh, you know, she, she was really like, uh, how do I say it? She was really nice and... Uh, I was asking if she if she maybe knows someone uh, who would offer an apartment out here in the U.S. Sure. And she responded to me that 
you know what, like, you can live with our family. So I visited her, uh, her husband. And from this point on, I'm living with them for over a month. And, you know, it's really, it's really cool. They are, they helped me out so much out here. And That's awesome. Yeah. To have someone uh, helping me out on a daily basis and stuff. Yep. Like, man, I just couldn't imagine a better place to live. And it happened pretty much by accident. So that's, that's insane. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, you know, you'd love to hear those stories of just good people helping good people. Right. But uh, the, the world can be a crazy place at times. So oh, uh, yeah. to, ju to just open your house, open your door to somebody um, is, is probably not super common. So that's awesome that yeah. you're able to link up with some good people like that. Um, and, and speaking of good people, you know, you talked about this being a, a dream of yours since you were a little boy. Um, yeah. We're, what was it like to meet some of those, you know, those pros and those guys you maybe looked up to for the first time? Maybe you met them at the Quad Cross of Nations stuff. I don't know that. But, uh, you know, when you got here and then you were able to train with Chad, train with Joel, train with Jeffrey. Um, and I'm assuming knowing all those guys, they're such nice guys and they're so approachable. Yeah, I, I have to believe that uh, that had to be a pretty cool experience for you as well. Oh man, that was that was really intense. Like uh, I didn't I didn't get to know them personally because when I did the Quest of Nations, uh, I think it was the last year the America didn't uh, take part in the race. You know, oh, it was okay. like 2015, something like this. So sure. I think you guys weren't racing in this year. Okay, you did it later on. Yeah. So uh, you know, watching watching these guys uh, on the Instagram and stuff, and you know, just coming pulling up to the track. And seeing like uh, Joel with Jeffrey, I was like, holy shit. And at first I was like kind of a little bit like stressed out to talk to them and stuff. Yeah. But then like Joel straight up came to me, like helping me out with a uh, almost flat tire. Okay. And offering me help. And I, I was like, man, like I didn't expect these people to be that open to me. And just definitely the experience of getting to know them and all this support and uh, help that I, you know, also got from them and the motivation and just how cool uh, the approach, my, me coming in here to the US to race. Yeah. I was really super excited about that. And to be honest, uh, being back in Poland, I couldn't even imagine that the situation would just turn out like this, that I would be training pretty much on a day to day with, with all the fast guys. That's, that's really cool, man. Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Like I said, I feel like it's just a testament to ATV racing being such a big family, um, that it's it is, all, definitely. it's all kind of just, we're in this thing together. Um, and that's really cool, especially when you're talking about the best guys in the world, right? Like you think of them, uh, you know, you always want a competitive edge and whatever, but at the end of the day, we're all in this together. So to have them kind of open, open their arms, open their, you know, kind of, uh, their door to you, to the inner circle. I think that that's pretty special. Um, so we, you know, we kind of talked about that, the, the motivation for you was going to be my next question, but you said that ever since you were a little boy, you kind of wanted to come over here and and race the United States series. Um, so, and you're here for the entire season, right? That's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. The plan is to do the whole season. And uh, I think I also have to mention uh, Patrick Torini coming out here. Yes. I think that was also really cool. And unfortunately he didn't make it to the second race in Texas, but you know, uh, at Daytona, the first race uh, riding with him also, I think that was something special having two guys from Europe coming yes. out here. Yep. That was that was really cool. And I also really enjoyed that. 
he was able to come here and uh, with all these COVID restrictions and stuff, you know, even making making it uh, from Europe to here, that's that's such a big struggle, man, with mm -hmm. all the travel bans and stuff. That, sure. that wasn't easy. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And did that make it feel with Patrick being here? Did that make it feel um, like a little easier for you? Like you weren't necessarily on your own because he was kind of going through that whole process just like you. It was just as new for him as it was for you. Yeah, I think it was a little bit easier just uh, mentally seeing that someone else is also doing the same thing as, as I am doing. Sure. But like from now on, I'm here alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. well, but like you said, I mean, you have a ton of great people in your corner. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, you know, you, you're here alone, like from coming from where you came from. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it seems like you've made so many great connections that, I mean, you're really not on your own. Like if you need yeah, something, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. You have a lot of people that would, uh, that would come and go to bat for you. Uh, so what about quads? So you're, you're, practicing pretty much on a stalker right but yeah, all the time ripping yep. the bike <laughs> okay so then that that's gonna feel make the race bike feel like it's a rocket ship when you hop on that thing oh man that's insane like when i hop on the race bike mm -hmm. i'm like this thing is too fast especially with the with all the you know race fuel stuff you run out here yeah like the bikes are just quick <laughs> right so so did the where did the race quad come from is that a bike from chad or or yeah, it's a bike from chad okay uh it's the 2020 uh race bike from chad yeah awesome awesome perfect i thought that um just on on some of the conversations we had with chad uh i thought that maybe there was a connection there with uh you and him at least on the on the atv side of things yeah, um, yeah there is so what about, I, th I feel like the, the biggest talking point when we talked about the European riders coming to the United States was the tracks because the tracks are so much different than what you guys ride over there. Maybe the jump sizes and stuff like that. Like people were um, maybe hesitant on what it was going to be like for you guys coming here, riding our tracks, just being that they're so different. So uh, what have the tracks been like? Um, for you since coming to the United States? Has it been a shock or has it been not that big of a deal? Oh, you know, uh, it's definitely a, a bit uh, different with the tracks. Like some of them are pretty similar, but you have some tracks that are like completely different. And I see you guys have like uh, a lot more of like double and triple jumps mm -hmm. that we don't usually get as much of them in Euro Europe, I think, uh, in the ATV racing scene at least. Uh, so I was like not really used to hitting those triples and stuff and I remember casing one triple <laughs> uh, when Joel invited me to, tr to train with him okay. uh, with Jeff that was really cool mm -hmm. so I cased like uh, it wasn't a huge triple but I cased it and I was like holy shit there is no way I'm saving this and uh, I did save it and uh, after this Joel told me like when he heard like uh, two times, you know, panic ref. So when you panic ref and you case, and then you bounce and you panic ref again, he was like, that's a certain crash, <laughs> but somehow I saved it. But like, I think from this, from this moment on, it's been a little bit easier for me. I just kind of got used to the jumps a little bit and like the tracks in general, I think they're, uh, they are just wider and uh, they make for a great racing, definitely. I think in Europe, we got more of like a uh, little bit tighter tracks, which, uh, which are maybe tougher uh, when there are a lot of riders at, at a track, but these American tracks, they definitely make uh, for a great racing. That's, that's for sure. 
And with the level out here, man, these guys are fast. So right, well, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that you would know best, obviously, but I do think that your stuff is maybe a little, a little tighter back home. It seems like it's a little more natural terrain. Yeah, uh, that's maybe- true. Yeah. Not so many man-made jumps, but also, um, you know, I know you've been practicing at a bunch of tracks down there and stuff, but with Daytona and three palms, those are different than like all the rest of the tracks that we race on. I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. the obstacles at most of the tracks going forward are less man-made. There's going to be more natural terrain. Um, so maybe things will even feel a little more normal in the events ahead, because uh, I think that, like I said, I, and I had thought about this, I hadn't put it on my notes here. Um, but the tracks that you've seen so far, at least the, the tracks you've raced at here in the United States aren't really like the rest of them. So, um, I think that maybe even some of that'll get a little easier, maybe feel a little more like back home, but speaking of back home, uh, in Poland. So tell me, like, I got to believe that you being here is a pretty big story to the people back home, I would think. So, uh, does it feel like the whole, I mean, country of Poland, or does it feel like, you know, all of like European ATV fans, like, does it feel like they're all pulling for you? Tell me about that. Yeah, I feel like all the Polish guys are pulling for me, which is really cool. Like, to be honest, after Daytona, I didn't really expect so much people, you know, uh, texting me and stuff, calling me like that was that was really so cool. Mm -hmm. And like with the Daytona, the whole event was for me, it was really stressful. Like, man, I've never written a super cross track in my life like the one with joel yeah i did but before this we don't even get tracks like this in poland man we, we don't have supercross in poland right. i mean even considering dirt bikes we don't get it so mm-hmm. that was a huge change and to be honest i was really stressed at that race but it turned out pretty well even though uh how how many you know uh how much crazy stuff happened at the race. Hey, a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff, but you made a last lap pass right for top 10 and top 10, top 10 is a big deal. Top 10 in your first race. That's a really big deal. Thank you. That, you know, that was hard, but I made it, but that was definitely a tough race for me. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, when you talk about, um, back in Poland, it's a lot of, is it a lot of sand? Is that what I would say we get a mix of everything. Like okay. we definitely get like some real sandy tracks. Okay. I would say like, even like beach sand, we, we definitely get it in Poland, but uh, the most common type of Polish track, I would say it's like mixed uh, dirt with sand. That's the most common one we, okay. we've got. Okay. Which is good then coming here because there's an array of different dirts here in the United States. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, Daytona and three palms were kind of sandy, not extremely sandy but kind of sandy um and and now you know the next track being high point conditions will be a lot different there so how do you think um how will you fare on a track that doesn't have any sand and the dirt is is you know hard packed harder um at a track like high point what do you expect will will that be better for you um or is it not really that big of a concern you know i think that's not really a big concern for me I really like uh, both sandy tracks and uh, hard packed ones. Okay. So I think it will be pretty cool. Actually, I'm more more concerned about the layout of the track that I it's it's the thing I enjoy more. You know, like I care more about the layout than the dirt itself. But sure. I think it will be a nice change to to race on a hard pack right now after you know two rounds on 
as you say, a little bit softer dirt. So sure, that's sure. pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about, um, and we talked about, you know, kind of the, how uh, the European, you know, all, how <laughs> all the fans over there have been pulling for you and stuff like that. I've seen them on our digging deep fantasy stuff, you know, like the Europeans talking to each other about, uh, you know, picking you and, and, and Patrick at the first race and stuff. So, uh, you know, you were our, our top tier four finisher at three palms, and I'm sure a bunch of people are going to be picking you here going forward. Um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, who's been the biggest help to you since being here in the United States, whether it be a rider or, um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know who, but uh, who's been your biggest help. Maybe, uh, outside of the, the family you're now staying with, who's been your biggest help? Uh, you mean the biggest help after coming in here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would say I have to give a huge shout out to Chad. Like without him, my staying here would be pretty much impossible. I got the bike from him and, you know, just all the, all the support from him, uh, like the parts wise and stuff. Oh man, that's also a huge help. But uh, I also have to thank my family for, you know, uh, giving me the opportunity to, to come here. Also that I think that the trip wouldn't happen without them. So also huge shout out to them. And like generally, I think I, I can't even help all the people enough. Just so many good people along the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being a total, you know, a mechanic that doesn't know shit about the stuff. You know, <laughs> I really don't know anything about it. And some people helping me out uh, with, I don't know, just doing stuff like tire balls that I've never heard about. <laughs> sure. Yep. So that's, that's really cool. And I just, you know, to be honest, I didn't really expect that I would get so much support and so much positive reactions coming out here. And that makes it a really cool experience. Uh, you know, just that's, that's really cool, man. It's awesome. And, and I, and again, I'll say it one more time. I think that that's just a testament to ATV racing being a big family. And I think that you're going to have that many more people that want to help you and are going to, you know, know what this whole process has been like for you after they listen to this, because I mean, this conversation, you're just so authentic and it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, you're, you're a guy that like, all of us want to cheer for, you know, um, cause the, I mean, the, the odds are stacked against you, right? Like it's, like I said at the beginning, uh, it's tough to do what you're doing to come as far as you've done and kind of be by yourself and, um, you know, kind of figuring this thing out on the fly. So I think that so many of us want to see you succeed, um, in doing this. What about the biggest challenge? What has the biggest challenge been since you've been here? Oh, I would say, uh, the biggest challenge is like, for me, it's getting up to the speed of those guys and then staying consistent at that speed because, uh, I don't know, you can't go one lap fast or stuff like this, but then to keep the, the pace for the whole race, that's when, that's the thing I have to prepare more for. Uh, and just the intensity, I think the intensity of the riding uh, is the thing I'm struggling the most. Okay. But, you know, working on it uh, on every training. So hopefully it gets better. And and what I was going to say before, you know, you have the luxury of training with some of those guys and you're exactly right. I mean, there's no substitute. Like if you don't see that speed, 
um, in practice or training or whatever, there's no way to, to substitute or get used to that without that. So you have that advantage of seeing it on practice days and riding with those guys and learning that speed. And the more time you spend around guys going that speed, you just start to go faster. Like if you were, if you, if you were back home spinning laps, you could spin laps all day, every day. And I got to believe you're faster here riding with these guys because you're exposed to that speed. Yeah, you just you just have to go faster. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, there is just no point in, in coming into to the races in the pro class. Like the level and the intensity is so high. Mm-hmm. And like also about the challenge, uh, I think what's pretty tough for me is also training on a stock bike every time. Mm-hmm. And then when I pull up uh, on the race day with the race bike, the change is just huge. So that's the thing I'm kind of struggling with also a little bit. Man, like uh, for these two races, I didn't even have the uh, the right handlebars in my stalker. I was oh waiting gosh. for the <laughs> for the stem to to come in, but sure, didn't, yeah, didn't really want to change the bars when the stem was a little bit too too low, because I ran the plus one. Uh, sure. So I was training on a stock bars, which uh, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty right. Rough. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 that same way. Like my two machines or whatever have to be like the same, or you have that transition period of feeling yeah. it out on the first little while. So um, hopefully, going forward, I mean, even if it's stock, if the if you're able to get your controls set so that at least those feel the same, and there's not that adjustment when you go bike to bike that way, that should obviously help. So at least you get on one machine to the other at least you're comfortable and if it if the machine is just faster and handles better that shouldn't be shouldn't be an issue yeah definitely i think that's that's a huge help so uh last question for you i can't uh i can't thank you enough for doing this by the way this is awesome um i want to know what your goals are what do you want to accomplish by the end of the season to make this thing feel like a like a success um and and i hope i mean you've done you've done really well you've really held your own since being here um so maybe your goals have changed since the the beginning of the season so what are what are your goals what do you want to do um before the season is over you know uh realistically i would really want to get into that into that top five that would be really sick and like training hard and doing everything I can to finally make it, you know, to that podium. That that would be really sick. We will see how it goes because, as I say, these guys are quick. But you know, hopefully, we'll be able to find uh, to fight them, you know, at, later on in the season. That would be really cool. So trying trying to make it to the podium one day you know yeah yeah heck yeah well uh awesome man i think so many of us are pulling for you i give you so much credit like i've said throughout this thing um you know it's hard enough to move across the world but to have to learn life here and and race the fastest guys that there are on atvs and hold your own i just think that's so impressive so uh we're stoked to have you here in the states we're stoked to have you on the show here look forward to meeting you in person really look forward to that and uh look forward to you know talking to you again here on the show as you uh you know click off more and more of these good finishes and hopefully click off more of those goals as well yeah hopefully you know uh, hopefully see you see you soon uh personally and also at the show again that would be really cool and you know really appreciate you having me out here that's that's a really cool experience cool experience and yeah I, i'm glad you know to to be able to do a podcast that's that's cool so yeah grateful to have you man fun grateful yeah. to have you man that's uh that's 991 vtech nakenyak say it one more time was i close <laughs> like i was close 
Yeah, Vitek Natkaniec. There, there you go. Brought That's the tricky you. one. Natkaniec <laughs> is the tricky one. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll keep practicing. I'll keep practicing. <laughs> That's Vitek brought to you by Blender's Eyewear. Use discount code DINGDEEP20 at blenderseyewear.com. Thanks again, pal. See you soon. We're cheering you on. You're always welcome here. Thank you. That's a wrap. Major thanks to tonight's guests, Joel Hetrick, Bryce Ford, Vitek Nikenyak, who you just heard from, Casey Greek, and Forworks Carbons, Jason Conti. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Shout out to Logan Tremellen of Tremellen Media House for allowing our audio to be a part of his new groundbreaking video series. Be sure to check that out. New installment coming very soon. Thanks to our sponsors, CSD Tires, shop.csdtires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bikes, Trikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back National Champ merch, and more, all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out. You can call our voicemail line anytime, 920-569-3519, and follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content and Digging Deep ATVMX fantasy info as the season is now in full swing for additional fantasy info head over to atvfantasy.com today you don't want to miss out on all the fun you can find us on apple podcasts google podcasts amazon podcasts spotify stitcher and more wherever you find podcasts you'll find the digging deep atv mx podcast all episodes additional podcast providers sponsor links and discount codes our new show merchandise fantasy info and more can all be found on our website diggingdeepatmx.com so check that out today be a friend tell a friend please download subscribe rate review and share and with that for joel hetrick bryce ford vtech nakenyak casey greek Jason Conti, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, 2 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking gnarly.